Hi there, welcome to Bros Watch PLL2. I am Benjamin Light. And I am Marco Sparks. And today we are talking about S4E6, Under the Gun. Mm-hmm. Pretty Little Liars, halfway through Season 4A. Yeah, yeah we're moving right along. This is uh, a fun episode. Now, do you have the director for this episode? It's uh, written by Laya Barras. Laya Barras. Um, and directed by Wendy Stanzler. This is the uh, the same dream team that brought us the Kong game. Mm. Uh, according to IMDb, this is Wendy Stanzler's like uh, the last episode of PLL that she directed. I've just noticed from the internet that she's directing like Sleepy Hollow right now. Interesting, interesting. Yeah, uh, basically the same show. This is a fun episode. We get, and we'll get to it later, but we we get our first taste of Ravenswood in this episode. Well, true. Spoiler, we're going to go to Ravenswood, but this is really like part two of like setting up the Ravenswood, you know, arc or whatever. Mm-hmm. It really started last week's episode talking about the Grunwald. The Grunwald. But this episode opens on a styrofoam cup of coffee and we see some non-dairy creamer getting poured into it and stirred up. This is Detective Roman Mafia here, Tanner. Mm-hmm. Actually, she should be Lieutenant Rome over Mafia. Um, yeah. She's making some coffee. She's talking to Hannah. Hannah is in a, like a interrogation room. Hannah's like shredding her styrofoam cup and is kind of mm-hmm. just like sick of being there. And then the twist is that you, you think that this is PLL, but it's actually, again, True Detective Season 2. Mm-hmm. Uh, Tanner's got on a pair of glasses. Um, her hair seems like a brighter shade of red to me in this episode. Like... Like, it's almost like she's, like, rivaling or, I don't know, like, trying to fuck with uh, Ashley Marin. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, Hannah's in there, like, tearing away the little pieces of her styrofoam cup, revealing her uh, her frustration. And Tanner says, you know, you won't say why you have the gun or where you got the gun or why it appeared that you were burying the gun in a college campus. And we see that Tanner's making coffee right under a photo portrait of Darren Wilden in his police uniform, mm-hmm. as if he's a decorated hero. Yeah, the camera kind of pans from him to Roman Mafia. I mean, is this like the Darren Wilden Memorial Interrogation Room? Perhaps. Uh, Tanner turns around and says, you want some? And Hannah's just like, you know, pouty face. And she says, Hannah, you don't need a lawyer to tell me whether or not you'd like a cup of coffee. And Hannah says, no, thank you. Uh, One interesting thing, there's like this like whiteboard in the background. Did you happen to look at that at all? Mm-mm. This probably means nothing, but for some reason, on this whiteboard where it appears like various like kind of cr- criminal incidents have been written down at the bottom, it says, never forget April 24th. Interesting. I don't know what that means. The only thing I could think that might have happened on April 24th is maybe that's when Mona was kind of captured as A. That would have been around April. Yeah, it would have been around April because it would have been. Or maybe it was when Maya died. Maybe you know, I mean, same thing, but yeah, very, very close to the same thing. Um, yeah, because that was about two months before the end of their junior year of high school. Well, you see, there's all these like notes about like the crimes or whatever, where it's it's like a date and it's like you know address like five foot six white male hoodie, you know, like sweatpants mm-hmm. hoodie. You know, like, I don't know. This probably means nothing. But I stared at it for a good 10 minutes while doing my notes. <laughs> um, what I love about Hannah is that sometimes she's your perfectly normal, like, teenager on this show. Mm. And every once in a while she gets to play, like, the icy Hitchcock blonde. <laughs> yeah. Um, 
like right now and, and Tanner's saying, I'll tell you what I know. You were carrying a concealed firearm without a license. The gun is a thirty eight caliber revolver. It would hold six bullets. It only had four. Straight away, you gotta wonder where the other bullets went, right? You could be looking at third-degree felony charge for carrying a concealed weapon. That's up to seven-year sentence. Hannah, I don't want to see that happen to you. Neither do you. Neither do your parents. But I need you to think about who you're trying to protect and why. And, and yeah, yeah well, so like as she's doing this, she's like scooping up like Hannah's like discarded pile of styrofoam mm-hmm. and taking off her glasses and and Hannah turns to her just uh, uh, such attitude and it's just like how do you know I wasn't just protecting myself and Tanner smiles a little like I think that she really likes Hannah mm-hmm. yeah she's like a hunch uh, then there's a knock at the door Ashley's there with a cop what do and- you know you're missing the best part the knock on the door and Tanner's like that'll be your mom yeah <laughs> Ashley storms in Hannah's posted bail, like, the lawyering up has happened, like, they're out of here. Uh, so they're, they're getting out. Tanner's like, I'll walk you out then. Uh, and so we come out to the main Rosewood Police Department room here. Tom Marin, Hannah's douchey father, is waiting. He's, like, just, like, stern, like, mean dad guy. Yeah. Yeah. Hannah's shocked. She rushes over to him. They called you? (laughs) Why'd they call you? Ugh, God. Uh, and he's like, they're keeping my gun for testing. And Hannah's like, what kind of testing? Dad! And he's not answering. He's just like glaring hatred at, at Hannah and Ashley. And Tanner kind of answers for him and says, it's the kind of testing that determines whether your dad's gun was used to kill a police officer. Hannah's and Tom face. just nods. He's like so pissy. And Hannah, Hannah's face is like, fuck this bullshit. Well... Yeah, so Tanner, she leaves, she says, I'll be in touch. Tanner walks away. Tom gives Ashley and Hannah both just incredible amounts of stank face. It's a look Ashley that t- says, this is why I divorced both of you. Ashley turns to Hannah and gives her maybe 75% less stank face. Mm-hmm. And Hannah's face says, fuck. <laughs> um, just again, I don't, I don't want to like, I want to beat this joke to death now so I don't have to be a joke to death later. Like, I really challenge the internet to give me like Tanner and Holbrook, like true detective memes. I mean, you've got them in the car on FaceTime. Like, just put some yeah. McConaughey quotes on that. It'd be brilliant. So <laughs> after the credits, we're at the Rosewood Swim Team locker room. Emily's, like, clearing out her shit because she can't swim anymore. Yeah. And she's she's on the phone of Hannah, who's, like, pacing back and forth in her room. Hannah's not back at school. She, sounds like she's not going to be back till the DA calls. She can get seven years. Emily's How like, seven years? For what? And Hannah's like carrying a concealed weapon, attempting to destroy evidence, <sighs> murder. I don't know. Whatever they find. Such a tremendous line delivery. How much like of the school year on average? How many days do you think these girls miss due to their like occasionally being murder suspects? That is a very good question. Um, but time is a flat circle in Rosewood, so I'm not sure if it matters. I mean, the swim season lasts forever, apparently. So. Yeah. Yeah. Well, so does the fall. Yeah. Um, Emily's just like, you're not a murderer. And Hannah's like, well, I'm ruining my mom's life. So that's got to count for something, right? <laughs> Hannah just got herself awarded 50 Aria bucks. <laughs> and, and, uh, Emily's like, look, it's all, in, she's telling Hannah, this is all in a setup. Like, A planted that phone in Wilden's casket. A fished out, uh, Wilden's car. A called the cops on you two days ago, because apparently this was two days ago. Everybody got that? Yeah. Uh, and let's see. 
so Emily thinks that Hannah needs to like tell her parents about A. And oh yeah. Says, Sometimes I take notes. I just don't know why I wrote this, but yeah, Emily's like, "This is <laughs> it. Uh, you have to, t- you know, you have to tell your parents about A." Hmm. And Hannah says, "None of this matters if my mom pulled the trigger. Like she's the one who lied about meeting Wilden that night, and she's the one with the gun in her closet." So Emily's like, "This is all A," and Hannah's basically like, "Yeah, but if my mom killed Wilden, then that, you know, A, a yeah. can't make that go away." Right. Right. Uh, so as Emily's packing up her shit, we see Shauna come into the locker room. This is a great episode for like our characters in the foreground mm-hmm. and like shit coming up behind them. Well, because we we see like through the window of this door, and then the door opens, and Shauna comes into focus. She's wearing a Rosewood Sharks like warm up jacket. Yeah, and Shauna's like, "Hey, Emily." So Emily sees her, looks away. Emily's face basically says, <laughs> "Like, what in the actual fuck?" I like Anna's how like, Emily, Emily like totally hates Shauna yeah. for not a ton of reason. I mean, I guess they have some reason to hate her, but it's very well because there was like that, you know, five seconds where maybe Emily was titillated by the idea of Shauna to Arya, of course, told her to shut that shit mm-hmm. down. Uh, so Emily like, wh- like turns away, whispers into her phone. I need to call you right back. She hangs up. Well, and I and think Emily- also, I think maybe part of the hatred is like Shauna like seemed to be like being like the nice friend to Emily, and then they found out that Shauna was basically in league with Jenna, and so yeah. it's like that betrayal that Emily draws a line. You know, like you've crossed well, then, her. Seriously, the last time Emily and Shauna ran into each other, Shauna was basically like, "Not only am I going to steal your scholarship, mm-hmm. I'm going to steal your girlfriend too." Yeah. Uh, so Emily basically has a Shauna like, what the fuck are you doing here? What the fuck are you doing wearing that? And Shauna's like, I'm on the team as of today. Like, and you Emily's go to like, Rosewood now? Yeah, with, that's the thing that happens. With a nonchalant bullshit <laughs> grin, Shauna's like, yeah. she ca-. Emily just like casually tosses her phone in her back. And she's just like, so you just like switch schools mid-semester. Why? Well, Shauna's like, yes, I definitely switch schools mid-semester. That's something that happens in high school. Mm-hmm. Kids do that. Uh, yeah, but why? Uh, better swim team, better chance of a scholarship. Plus, I didn't like private school. I never really fit in. So I guess she was going to a private school. Well, I think Amanda told us that Oakwood is indeed a real school, but mm. potentially like five hours away from Rosewood's proposed location. So it, pro- mm-hmm. it probably makes like Shauna's like commute easier to do like her shenanigans. Yeah. Um, well, would you? Emily's face right now is just like fuck this. Yeah. Yeah. I mean. What would you describe like like what's going on with Shauna here? Like is this like a the choice of the actress? Like I think she's, she's basically like let's stick it in your ear, you know? Uh she's like, Oh, sorry about your shoulder. It must suck to be off the team. I know how much it meant to you. And Emily's just like, Fuck you, you don't know anything about me. And Shauna says, Jenna told her a few things about Emily. And oh, she's like she's relishing it. Like Shauna is relishing this. Well so First of all, Emily looks so angry that she could poop right mm-hmm. now. I mean, I've joked about Arya having laser eyes, but Shay Mitchell literally looks like she could like shoot daggers from her eyeballs right now. Yeah, um, and then Emily drops some flyers for an open mic night at the brew, and Shauna picks one up, and she's like, ooh, it looks like fun. Uh, and Emily's like, too late to sign up, and, like snatches it out of her hand. Like She's pretty furious. Like You could totally see them just like coming to blows at any moment here. Uh, this is an all ages event, by the way. All ages mm-hmm. and talents are welcome. I uh, just want to throw out again, cause I know Amanda, friend of the show, we keep relying on you for on the ground geographic info from Pennsylvania. The zip code here is listed as one nine three eight seven. 
I'm just wondering, like, I'm sure that... that's a, like a code that tells us who A is. Yeah, exactly. It tells us like all about like evil twins and what have you. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, the only thing like missing from this episode, spoiler, is Arya like doing a dramatic reading of some of her mostly personal writing at this town. Oh, I don't, I don't think Arya would. That's <gasps> not her style. Do we'll you just imagine her, her like doing some slam poetry about like uh, about like Ezra, like coded Ezra messages? Anyway, Sean picks up the flyers. It's a number. It's a girl. Oh. Yeah, <laughs> vomit. Gold falafel. Uh, so cut to the Marin house. I guess Emily did not beat the shit out of Shauna to end that scene. Uh, mm-hmm. Hannah's room. Hannah like hides her phone under a book and turns around just as uh, her douchey dad storms in, looking all butt hurt. And he's like, "I want answers. You know exactly what did you tell the cops, word for word?" And Hannah's just like, "I didn't say shit. You know nothing about the gun, not a word." And so, so now. Tom Marin is like, well, now you're going to tell me where you found the gun, why you took it, what were you thinking? And Hannah says she's trying to protect mom. And then Tom, he's just like, protect mom? Hannah, you took that gun from my office. He loses his mind. And Hannah's just like, God, I did not take the gun. Fuck you. Uh, and so they both just kind of stare at each other for a second. Well, so Ashley Benson, amongst other things, does this thing. It's like a minor version of that thing that Matthew Fox would do on Lost. Where she'll look away and then like kind of look down before she looks back at somebody and like delivers mm-hmm. a response. Um, yeah, she's so she found the you know gun in her mom's luggage from New York, and Tom is just like son of a bitch. Hannah's phone starts like buzzing, and he looks disgusted at the sound of that. Tells her to shut that thing off, come downstairs. Uh, she he he runs out of the room. Hannah like turns, checks her phone. She's got a text, but we don't see who it's from just yet. But just that it's like a punch in the stomach to her. Mm-hmm. Yeah, she actually like almost holds it to her chest, like closing her eyes, you know. And just a reminder, the guy who plays Tom Marin is named Rourke Critchlow, which is a great name. Mm-hmm. Uh so we go to the brew. Arya and Spencer are on their personal couch, Team Sparia. Mm-hmm. They're talking. Arya's kind of expositioning about how, you know, when she got that call from Spencer, uh, Tippy the Bird's number, she's expecting that Spencer found board charts, but instead Hannah got arrested. And, uh, and Spencer's like, where is Emily? It's not like her to be late. Uh, then she kind of wonders, like, maybe Emily's avoiding Spencer because Spencer was such a bitch in the last episode. Um. So this time, Arya is wearing what I would say is a very cute, very posh outfit. It's like a nice dress, red and blue, red heels. She's got this ring on that looks like it's only designed for like tearing flesh when you punch someone in the face mm-hmm. and she's wearing a necklace that says aria on it <laughs> because of course she is spencer's outfit meanwhile oh, well there's a better shot of her later let's talk about her and we get to toby okay yeah um Spence, yeah, i don't know what the fuck spencer's wearing um but <laughs> so aria you know after being told of a uh, conflict among spencer and her other uh, says, all right, like, wait, well, you need to apologize or get over it or do whatever you have to do, okay? I don't care who said what to who, but we need all brains on board. And we're already down one. You got it? Yeah. Because uh, Arya is taking charge. Spencer's like, aye, aye, Captain. Um, also, did you notice, like, behind that window behind them, where mm-hmm. that stairway that leads up to Toby's, like, loft apartment is? Mm-hmm. There's, like, a table it sets up. And initially, it's like, got, like, like, glass figurines on it. Initially, I thought it was, like, some kind of, like, chessboard setup. I think they're salt and pepper shakers. Yeah, I know. Initially, I thought it was just, like, some kind of very cool looking chessboard. Maybe it's both. Would, how much fun would it be to be playing chess at the brew? Um, okay, Ezra. 
Anyway, so I like the idea that in Arya's mind, like Spencer and the others fuck their mission to hell, and it's time for Arya to take charge. So mm-hmm. she takes a sip of her coffee. She doesn't like it. She like well, she like wretches. She brings it to Spencer, and she's like, "Taste this. It's disgusting." And Spencer's like, "No, you just spit in it." And then well, Emily, Arya, well, Arya gives her a look like, "How dare you?" Then Emily walks up, and she, Emily's about to grab the coffee, and they're like, "No, no, no, don't, don't drink that." Uh, how's Hannah? Uh, okay. Hannah's freaked out. She's waiting to hear back from the DA about the charges. That's a thing teenagers say to each other. I yep, love yep, that. Yep. In PLL land, it's just another day at the office. Uh, waiting for the results of the test on her dad's gun to see if it was used to kill Wilden. And Arya's like, they can actually do that? And Spencer's like, yes, Arya. It's called ballistics. When you fire a gun, the barrel leaves grooves on the bullet like a pattern. And if the pattern of that barrel matches the bullet that killed Wilden, then bam, that's the murder weapon. And Arya's face right now is like, I've made a huge mistake. Yeah. She looks... Like, what are you thinking about right now, Arya? Who did you shoot? She shifts from, like, giving Spencer's look of, like, why do you know this to, like, fuck. Arya's <laughs> like, I gotta go. Super pensive, yeah. Mm-hmm. And then Emily's like, and there's more. Shauna's back. Permanently. She enrolled <laughs> at Rosewood High and took my spot on the swim team. I feel like they should be like, so? <laughs> what? Well, even better, Arya's like, what are you talking about? And Emily's like, I'm talking about the girl who might have tried to set us on fire and run you over sitting next to us in social studies. And Ari's like, oh, her. She's like, why? What does Shauna have against us? And then Spencer reminds them that Mona said that Shauna was in love with Jenna and they were both afraid of Melissa. And Emily chimes in, who moved to London. Therefore, Melissa's out. Shauna moves in. Arya puts together. Spencer just like gnaws her head, like, mm-hmm. like guilty head nod, like and, gulp. And Emily says, and Jenna gets a new scene eye dog at Rosewood High. Take that, and Shadow. My notes just say R.I.P. Shadow the dog. Yeah, R.I.P. Shadow the dog. Oh, uh, we hear the crashes of dishes off screen. Um, by the way, this is the first time I noticed that Emily's apron and that she's supposed to be working as they're having this liar's <laughs> summit. Well, she was late to work. And then got into work, did not go like clock in and be like, oh, sorry, guys, you know, traffic or whatever. She might as well just wear uh, like a, a T-shirt that says, fuck this job while she's working. Um, so we see the new busboy has dropped a bunch of dishes. This guy's name might as well be this fucking guy. Uh, this is young hard. Tony Danza here. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Hold me a lot less closer, Tony Danza. Um, Emily's like, oh, and on top of everything, guess who's in charge of training the new guy? And running open mic night tomorrow night. That's that's right. Emily has a job. Um. So Arya kind of side eyes Spencer about all this. Like, remember when Arya had a job? And Arya's like, "Well, let me help." And Emily's like, "Huh?" Arya's like, "Just sit down, settle in. I'll deal with this. My brother knows him." So she goes and talks to this guy. Um. She's basically like facilitating. Well, I do kind of like the Arya. Arya thinking not about just herself for once in her life. She's forcing Spencer and Emily to kind of hash it out and make up. Mm-hmm. So, you know, she's going to force them to sit together and, and do their thing while she goes over and helps, whatever that means exactly. Well, rightfully so. Emily looks confused because customers probably shouldn't be cleaning this kind of shit up while the employees, like, sit and take a load off on the clock. Well, like, but Arya, you don't work here. How are you going to help? Well, she, by the way, she, when she walks over there, she has, like, the full swing and strut. So, let's be real. I wouldn't call this a swing. This is more like the... uh I'm here to sell you real estate like I'm a professional woman walk. I'd buy a condo from her. She looks like mm. a power diva, so I'm not arguing for plans, even though it makes no sense. So Arya walks up to Connor as he's cleaning up the broken dishes, and she's just like, Connor hi. is this guy's name. Yeah. yeah, hi, first day. And he's like, is it that obvious? I hate this guy. Uh, we find out this guy plays lacrosse with Mikey. 
Arya like hands him a towel because that's how she helps, mm-hmm. and says, uh, "You know, at least he's better on the field." Ouch! Mm-hmm. And she's this treating out. this guy like such a little boy, but you he's like he's getting a totally different read on the kind of attention he's getting. You know why? Because he is a little boy. You know why? Why? Because she's gonna show him who's the boss. Oh, there you go. So meanwhile, Emily and Spencer are having their powwow. Uh, this is what the Almighty Arya wanted. And Spencer's like, "I just wish, I just wish that I could erase everything from that night." Emily says, "I'm sorry too. I should have told you the real reason I was there." And Spencer says, "Well, how could you? I bulldozed over every opportunity that you had. I bulldozed over you. I bulldozed over Hannah when she tried to tell me about the gun. I'm basically a human bulldozer, and now I'm bulldozing over your apology." And Emily just kind of smiles at this and gets up and sits down next to Spencer and like squeezes her knee because uh, they know who Spencer is. And right, Spencer's right. like, I'm really sorry. Well, I just like that Spencer like basically pats herself on the back for just a half second there about how good she is at running people over. <laughs> um, so from where she is, Arya sees this. She is so fucking proud of, her, of herself for facilitating well, this. Oh, yeah. Well, and she's also, I mean, she's jutting the hip out a little bit now. I don't think she thinks she's doing this at all. But I feel like this guy's definitely like picking up something that she's not intending. This guy's a jackass. The fact that she mm-hmm. knows his name probably in his mind thinks that he thinks that they're married. Mm-hmm. So she's just like, so are you excited for your game on Saturday? Guilford, right? I'm really curious. Guilford, is that real? Um, Connor says like, yeah. And, you know, um, Mrs. Welch is making me redo an essay. I have to get at least a B or I'll be sitting on the bench. Mrs. Welsh, if you remember, was the teacher we lovingly referred to as Mrs. Cockblock back in seasons one and two. <laughs> we haven't she, seen her in a while. She must be super excited that Ezra's back at Rosewood High, though. Mm-hmm. Um, Connors is like, well, maybe you could help. Mike says that you're some kind of writing genius, which for the first time ever, Arya looks a little grossed out at that. Well, yeah, she's like, yes, I am, but I don't want to help you. And he's like, maybe right. you could look it over and make sure it's in English. Ha ha ha. And Arya's face is just like, eh. God, dumb boys. But, uh, but she looks back at Spencer and Emily, and they're like having a moment. Yeah. yeah. And so she smiles, like, oh, I'm such a good Arya. And she turns back. It's like, sure. And this dude's like super psyched now. She's like, I am a writing genius. And he's just like, <laughs> golly. Um, yeah. That beautiful but deadly, like, bet noir, <laughs> Arya Montgomery actually spoke to him, knew his name, and is actually going to look at his shitty paper. And then he goes back to work because those broken dishes aren't going to pick themselves up. Um, Hannah's kitchen. Arya oh, yeah, did a lot of help there, like walking over, handing him a towel, and then like making small talk. That was a big help. Yeah, yeah. she's like, I could basically manage this place. Well, I feel like he's probably like cutting his hands on like broken glass mm-hmm. the whole time, but like not realizing it because she's looking at him. Um, Hannah's kitchen. Tom and Hannah are standing there as Tom talks to Ash, who's sitting at the kitchen table. Tom's like, she found the gun in your bag, Ashley, in your closet. As Hannah just kind of like leans against the wall, like Tom's just so pissy. Well, yeah, they're not really like unified here. And Ashley's like, Hannah, how could you say that? And Tom says, because it's true. And Ashley's like, let her talk. And Hannah says, I'm sorry, okay. I was looking for your shoes. And then Ashley says, they were ruined. I threw them out. And Tom says, this isn't about what she was looking for. It's about what you found. You took my gun. And Ashley says, Tom, you had no idea what happened. And he says, well, please tell me. Because I didn't kill anyone, and I did not bring that gun into my house. Then who did, Ashley? I don't know. I'm telling the truth. I don't know. And Hannah is doing, like, her, like, shamed look. You know, mm-hmm. the, the patented Hannah, like, I feel gross. Mm-hmm. Um, and Ashley's like, someone is setting me up. And Tom's like, who? Who would do that? And Ashley's like, I don't know. And then Hannah kind of turns away and looks at her phone again. We see 
that text you got earlier. It's from A, of course. Mm-hmm. You bark, I bite. Say my name, they both get the blame. Kisses, A. So now we know that like A A has a, a hand in things now. Well, love the delayed gratification of them holding on to the reveal of that text. I mean, it's mm-hmm. a really great job in like basically making us feel the stakes of this for Hannah. Because we up until this point, Ashley's just been super sketchy. Mm-hmm. But now we get a little bit of the story. We're going to get some more in this episode. That Ashley is saying, like, I did not have that gun in the house. Right. You know? So where did it come from? So the camera, like, you know, zooms on the hand a little bit. Like, she's going to hyperventilate. We see Tom and Ashley arguing in the background. Um, but, again, I just want to say, like, do you do you remember, like, last season? Or uh, season two, I guess it was, you know, last year. Uh, this guy was like taking a break from his fiance to have like continuing <laughs> booty calls of his hot ex-wife. Mm-hmm. So like with Tom Marin, it's like on one hand, it's the patriarchy to rescue again. But on the other hand, I almost feel like throughout this episode, you'll see those little flashes of how Hannah is also his daughter, just as much as she's Ashley's. I guess in some ways, I don't as, know. As the episode Tom's, progresses, Tom's a dick. Daddy come lately here. He only shows up when there's trouble. Well, and and he kind of gets that come up in this episode, mm-hmm. though. So back at the brew, Mona walks in. Oh, Arya's, Mona. Yeah, Arya's you. standing, holding her coat. Emily and Spencer coming up. And Arya, like, you know, waves the red flag like, you guys. Well, and they guys, immediately, like, guys. they, like, assemble, like, the Power Rangers, like, almost, like, interlocking arms to form a wall. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Spencer's greatest line ever, probably since something she said last week. Ugh. Mo Mona. That's right. Mo Mona. Mo problems. Yeah. Mona goes right up to Spencer and she's like we need to talk and Spencer's like where the hell have you been and Mona says oh I'm sorry that wasn't a question I need to talk to you alone Yeah. Um, Mona by the way is dressed like a very sexy petite and pastel version of Peg Bundy here I I feel like Arya is looking at her and thinking I would wear that no I feel like she's dressed like the light version of Arya right now whoa Mm -hmm. so Arya's just like is that from my closet Oh, yeah, I have to screen cap this. Hold on a second. <laughs> I just got the f- perfect frame to pause this on. I mean, seriously, those earrings and that necklace. Mm-hmm. Oh, I don't know if we mentioned Arya is wearing a necklace around her neck that says Arya in this mm-hmm. episode. Mm-hmm. Well, that yeah, seems relevant. Because how can you not mention it? Mm-hmm. She wore it the whole episode, yeah. And Arya says, you said that we were in this together, and then you just disappeared. She's saying this to Mona. And Emily says, whatever you have to say to Spencer, you can say to all of us. And Mona looks over to Spencer and kind of raises her eyebrows. It's like, hmm? And Spencer just, like, shrugs, like, whatever. So Mona says, have it your way. I've been tracking down my missing RV. That's where I've been. Toby took it. He gave it to A. But Spencer already knew that. She's been covering for him. Spencer, you should have listened to Mona. I love it. This is the same thing that Mona did to Hannah when Ari and Hannah broke into rally. Like, mm-hmm. uh, she's just like, you sure you want me to tell this story? Um, Ari and Emily give Spencer some side eye. Spencer is giving Mona this look of furious awe. Like, Mona, you magnificent scoundrel. <laughs> Aria thinks she's lying. Mona's like, I'm really not. And Emily's like, well, you better have proof. Uh, and Mona says, look, I'll take heels over a hoodie any day of the week. But just because I'm not A anymore doesn't mean I can't recon your asses when I need to. So, yeah, I have proof. Spencer remains silent. And Aria's like, well, say something. And so Spencer kind of has to admit that it's true. She kind of stares at Mona and Mona gives her this look that I feel like is communicating like bitch this would have been so much easier if you would just work with me instead of against me right like how how much better would your life be right now Spencer if you just get on board yeah Ari and Emily are mostly perplexed sliding towards angry Spencer just looks so guilty and wounded um 
and it's it's really interesting to compare like Spencer's reaction to, this, to where she was at varying points in the Dark Spencer saga. I liked Mona's reaction to Arya, the I'm really not. Because mm-hmm. I feel like Mona's probably had it up to here with Arya's bullshit. Well, and it's like, okay, yes, I was A and I, I ghost ninja stalked you and made your lies hell. But now I'm trying to be on your side. So like, chill the fuck out. Yeah. Yeah. So after the commercial break, we're in Emily's room. Emily and Arya come marching in. <laughs> Emily delivers her greatest line ever. This is inspired dialogue. She says, Mona may not be A, but she's definitely still a B. A wonderful B. Uh, did you see that smirk on her face? And Arya is like, I can't believe that Spencer would keep something like that from this us. Is, this is mere weeks. Spencer is keeping some major, huge secrets from them. So <laughs> maybe you can believe this. Emily is positive. That Toby had to have a good reason for doing this. And immediately makes an excuse for Toby. Not not for Spencer, but for yeah. fucking Toby. He yeah. stole the RV. Yeah. Spencer is like, just covering for. Arya's like, reason or not, I can't help thinking that Hannah wouldn't be in this mess if we still had that RV. Extremely debatable. And Emily Emily does the mother of all head swirls to that. And Arya's like, well, what if Mona had something that could prove that Hannah's mom is innocent? Prove that someone else wanted, wasn't dead, a video, a photo, anything. Arya's actually really stirring the shit here. She is, because what do you think is in that RV? Wilden was killed the night Mona, you know, got almost burned down by A or whoever. Like, what? she wasn't around of, like, filmed Wilden being killed or, like, she's in the dark. I don't know. I guess, uh, granted, we don't know how in-depth the sampling period was, but mm-hmm. these girls were also in that RV. So maybe, like, there was so much more there that we just, you know, it wasn't conveyed properly. But, but I mean, what do, what do they... Th- think like unless mona had just been stalking wilden constantly as well and maybe they could have found something in that like so it's not like they asked her like did they say hey mona did you have like wilden files it never comes up because what's the point mona says she has proof and that's good enough but i feel like mona's proof is literally just an audio recording from spencer's kitchen <laughs> of spencer and toby talking about how they're keeping this from the liars you know mm-hmm. um so we cut over to like see hannah sitting up on her uh, oh hannah i'm sorry oh, yeah yeah not- yeah, because they're kind of contemplating how stupid Arya's like theory is there about the evidence, and then yeah. Hannah calls. Hannah's on a landline, so don't call her cell. She's on a cutesy, ironic pink rotary landline mm-hmm. phone. And Arya, Arya's taking the call and kind of filling Emily in on what's going on. Uh, and and Emily says, "Well, they have to, you know, we have to tell you something." And Hannah's like, "You know, can it wait? My parents can pick up in any minute." And Arya's like, "Sure." And Emily is like insisting that Arya needs to tell Hannah that Hannah needs to tell her parents. Yeah. Um. Yeah. Real quick, Shane Mitchell. I feel like gets a gets a lot of heavy lifting to do as far as reacting to what the other liars are saying. Mm-hmm. I mean, Emily is the most grounded, most normal of the girls. So her reaction to these beautiful monsters that she's best friends with is always fascinating. They're much more earnest. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, because she really has to sell. Like, what would the normal person's reaction <laughs> to this be? Yeah. And Hannah's saying, "A's framing my mom. All right. She can kill Wilden. She can put that gun in her overnight bag. A did. I walked right into the trap." Like you girls always do. Uh, and Arya tries to tell her, you know, what Emily thinks. And Hannah is just like, I already know what Emily thinks. She can't say, you know, I can't say anything about A or my mom being framed or A will take both my parents down. One word, one freaking letter and my family's locked up. Arya's like, that's a bummer, man. Mm-hmm. And they hear like dialing on the line and like Ashley and Tom's voices. So Hannah has to hang up because somebody got on the other line. And then Arya just kind of like shrugs and, and she translates this conversation to Emily as Hannah doesn't want to do us, Hannah doesn't want us to do anything to help. And Emily's like, are we going to listen? 
And I was like, hmm. Um, and I was like, well, I wasn't planning on doing anything, but. Yeah, well, I like because Ari would still be on the line just because Hannah hung up because the mm-hmm. other extension. Do you remember like your life when you were a kid and like mm-hmm. people would call you and you'd go to the other room, pick up the phone, like wait for your parents to hang up? Oh God. Well, and there's always the uh, you know the whole mute thing where you hold down mute and pick up the phone to listen in on someone. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yep. Um. So Hannah's house, you know, we see Hannah poking her head around the door to her room in the hallway, like listening to her parents downstairs in like the foyer. Uh, Ashley's getting pretty loud of Tom, telling him what's been up. She talks about how Wilma threatened her. That she well, couldn't come like, up with the Damn kind it, Tom, of- he threatened me. He threatened yeah. Hannah. Couldn't come up with the kind of money that Wilden wanted to leave town. So Wilden was willing to blackmail Ashley to get him to leave town, even though he had all that cash in his safety deposit box, he wanted more, which I think is interesting. Uh, yeah, so she took the gun for protection. You have no idea what we've been through. You can't just show up here. Uh, but yeah, so... Wilden, like, we always, like, it's always seemed like there's some force in town that's not A, mm. that might be, like, the controller of the NAT club. The client, perhaps? The client. I think Jason mentioned that somebody hired Ian. Well, it's, it, it, at first it was like, there's there's Ian, but then it was like, oh, but perhaps Ian is part of this club. No, the, the club might be reporting to someone else. And I think for a while it seemed like maybe that was Wilden. But now it's like, well, maybe Wilden himself was in reporting to uh, a higher up power, which is probably, you know, Peter Hastings. Uh, but yeah, it's like there's there's some sort of like dark peeping Tom force that seems to be separate from A that's kind of uh, up to nefarious deeds, yeah. which is why the NAT club people keep dying off. Um, so, you know, Ashley, you know, Hannah, she moves in closer for better listening. Downstairs, Ashley starts to tell Tom that he can't just like show up here and get all hoity-toity with them. And Tom's just like, you came to me for money and you left with my gun, so don't act like I'm not involved. And then Ashley's like, I was scared. Okay, I took the gun because I didn't know what was going to happen. He grabbed the gun out of my hands and I ran. I swear to God I did not shoot him. And he gives her this look like he doesn't believe her. And so just then there's a pounding on the door. Mm-hmm. Well, and so, so Ashley's story here is, yes, she did meet Wilden. She had the gun. Wilden took the gun. Ashley ran away. Somehow, Wilden ended up shot with that gun. That gun ended up in her luggage. <laughs> Yeah. Uh, yeah. So hence her her fingerprints would be on the bullets if mm-hmm. she loaded the gun. Yeah. So then knock at the door. It's Caleb. It's like pounding on the door. He's really pounding. And all at first I was like, "What the fuck, Caleb?" But he comes in. He kind of like invites himself in. He yeah. sees Hannah and he's just like, "Are you okay? I've been trying to reach you." Which, so I, I guess you have to figure he's probably been calling her all day and like not getting through and on like her get, cell phone, yeah. getting progressively more worried. Um, it's always annoying when you can't get in touch with somebody. So. I'll give you a pass on that, Caleb. Uh, Tom kind of intercepts here, and he's just like, I know you're worried about Hannah, but you can get lost. Like Hannah tries to argue this. Tom is like just full asshole dad mode. Doesn't want anyone questioning Hannah. Caleb says, I'm not here to question. I'm here to help. But nope, that's not going to happen. Ashley says, well, you know, we'll call you. Please go. Hit the bricks, you fucking hippie. Basically. She's a calmer one. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I think Ashley, you know, Tom is not as bad as he could be. I mean, he's not like going all Wayne Fields on Caleb here. But Ashley's a calmer one, you know, who basically like communicates to Caleb. Like, we understand. We really do. But like, you need to fucking get out of here because this is this is Marin shit. Mm-hmm. Um, so basically, Caleb gives Hannah like one, you know, last look. And he's gone. Tom shuts the door. And again, there's the thing that Ashley Benson does where she shakes her head a little, does like an epic eye roll. She exhales. It's her Picard maneuver. <laughs> and then and then I swear to God, in this scene. 1.5 seconds later, you see Tom do basically the same thing. 
<laughs> and he continues to. I could not stop noticing it after that. Like, I, I, I feel like I really started to appreciate like Rourke Critchlow's performance. Um, so Spencer's kitchen. Spencer is nervous and upset. She's like getting coffee cups out, and Toby's like sitting on this on the stool at her island. She's getting, of course, she's getting coffee cups out. Yeah, Toby looks super stiff as he's. Oh no! Now we got to talk about Spencer's outfit. Uh, I mean, it's like tight, like high waisted jeans, like super tall, like you know, knee high black boots, or I'm sorry, brown boots, like brown leather boots. But oh. then up upstairs, mm-hmm. she's got uh like a black top. But then I don't know if it's part of the top or what. Like it looks like it's part of the top. It's these it's like weird, like super so billowy sleeves. So, I don't even know what those are. It's like the sleeves from like a. a like a, like a blouse they look like like shoulder flaps i mean it reminds yeah. me of something that a samurai would wear like they need to keep their arms free mm-hmm. like sword play she's those boots that she's wearing are like a cross between like uh, being ideal for like a medieval jaunt through the hinterlands and like something you'd give like a tough anti here in a 90s like comic book i mean by season seven i fully expect to see spencer dress as gambit from the x-men and for it mm-hmm. to be no big deal for us and for her to be able to charge things kinetically. so that She already can do that. <laughs> By the way, did you get that picture I sent you? No, what is this picture? Oh, is this of her outfit? No. <laughs> While you check that, I'll get into the scene here. <laughs> exactly. Uh, so, T- Toby's, like, Spencer's a little pissy now. She's like, I knew this would happen. Now, instead of finding out uh, from me... Uh, or, and you know, me and you, they're gonna find out. They found out from Mona. You know, Arya and Emily did. They found out the the, the big secret from Mona. Uh, if we, you know, it says uh, if they just tell the truth, uh, I know that they'll understand because like, she still hasn't told them why Toby had the RV. Mm-hmm. And Toby's Probably just looking like squirrely, and he, he's like, I got other ideas. Basically, it's like if, if we tell them, it's over. I'll never know what happened to my mom. She cares. Why would you say that? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so like they they changed the camera angles to show us like Toby Cavanaugh's inner struggles, like oceans of decisions are forming into waves of conflicts that are smashing against the hard rocks of guilt and mm-hmm. obligation and burning desire to knowledge. All of this on a shoreline that's hard and cruel and weird looking, much like Toby's face. What are you quoting? <laughs> the inner madness of the show. Um, mm-hmm. Spencer, you know, pours them coffee. Toby like grinds his ass on the stool there as he really settles into this decision making. She asks him to clarify, and he's like, look, I went back to Radley. I talked to Eddie Lamb. I asked him about what Dr. Palmer said about the blonde girl, all of it. And Spencer's and what like, did what? he say? Did he mention Allie? <laughs> and just got to say, I wouldn't mind seeing Eddie Lamb on the show again. No. In fact, if uh, Toby could go away for a while and we could see Eddie Lamb said, that'd be fine. If Eddie uh, Lamb could just be playing Toby, I'd be okay mm-hmm. with that. But, uh, yeah, but did, did he mention Allie? Did he tell you anything at all? No, he knows something, but he's not going to tell me. Neither will my dad. And Spencer's like, he spoke to your dad about this? And Toby says, I, I tried to, but it didn't go well. Spencer just kind of stares at him, and Toby just like whining about, like, oh, I'm running out of leads, but A still knows something. A is the only chance I have to find out what really happened to my mom. And Spencer just looks disgusted now. She's like, ugh, I made a huge mistake trusting you or my friends. It's like the frustration on Troy and Belisario's face as she has to do this amazing acting as her characters get saddled again with this like boring storyline about Toby's Nobody cares mom. about your fucking mom, Toby. But but Toby turns on like the smoldering vulnerability for a moment. He mm. also like re-ups his block of woodness. Spencer has an idea. She yanks out her cell phone and he's just like, Spencer, what are you doing? 
Um, and she's like, look, I'm not going to force you to change your mind, but I have to fix this with or without you, which is my favorite U2 song. And Toby jumps up and he's just like, who are you calling? And she's like, I have to earn back some trust. So she calls somebody. Spencer, you know, walks in the foreground, like staring, like standing right in front of us. And the, some girl who answered the phone from the sorority in the previous episode, Gamma's like to die. And she's like, hi, my name is Spencer. Mm-hmm. Um, another side note, another tangent. Sorry. Who would you cast as Toby's dad? Oh, God. Um, wow. I'll have to think about that one to get back to you. I have two wacky choices. So whenever you it. do. Uh, well, first choice, this is a little more well-known, Ron Perlman. Hmm. Yeah. Uh, this one's a little more obscure for, for most people, but Tommy Wiseau, the guy from The Room. I don't know what that guy looks like. Oh, you should Google that freak. <laughs> uh, so we got I, to Arya's I, I don't know if I get behind either of those. We get to Arya's house. We're in the living room. Uh, it's nighttime. Arya is uh, tutoring this tool. On Tony Danza, yeah. She's... Look at this bro's paper of disgust. Well, she's like, yeah, you basically plagiarized Cliff Notes. And he's like, ha, 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 because he thinks that's funny. And he says, it's the only thing that made sense. And I use proper citation. And Arya's like, yeah, I see that right next to this footnote for Wikipedia. So much score in Arya has this guy. What is that, Chicago-style guy? What are you doing? MLA. Seriously. Mm. And then Mr. Mike Montgomery walks into the room. And Mike's, like, immediately frowning. He's like, sees his, like, lax bro buddy here. Sharing a couch with Arya. He's like, what are you doing here? And Arya's like, oh, I'm helping him with his English paper. Mikey has no time for this bullshit. He's going out. When will he so, be back? Later. Did you so, talk to mom? Yep. Peace out. Yeah, so, like, uh, I'm thinking Mike just assumes that Arya brought this asshole over to, like, further stick it to him. You know, when I first watched this scene, this is what I thought. And I contend that I might still be right. I thought that uh, Mikey and this guy actually had a thing. Like their exes? I can see that. Because I know a lot of people think that Mike is gay. Yeah, I feel like you keep seeing that rumor. I'm not sure where it comes from, but it's like I think there's always this persistent rumor that there'll be a a gay male on the show. Mm -hmm. Uh, And so people just assume it's like Mikey or no con. But yeah, like I, I, I sense this weird tension. Like, is there is this like ex tension or something between Mikey and Laxbro here? I don't know. Well, so speaking of which, Connor's like, hey, have fun, you know, and Mike's got a hot date tonight with go fuck yourself, Tony Danza. Mm-hmm. So Mike walks out and uh, as soon as he's gone, Ari goes back to Tony Danza's paper. She's just like, OK, on page three, just because Faulkner used run on census <laughs> doesn't mean you get to. Oh, Aria, you're already ready to be an English teacher. So you're Faulkner, so sophisticated. Which Faulkner book are they covering in high school? Like, I don't know. The Sound of the Fury or As, as I Lay Dying? I mean, it's like. If Tony Danza just waited a few more years, there'll be a James Franco film adaptation. Um, yeah, but Connor's like, uh, is he cool with me being here? And Arya, I love the expression on her face here. She kind of looks over at him like, really? Uh, but she's like, yeah, uh, it, it's not about you. Like, Handsome as paper. Uh, I feel like I have a lot of praise for a lot of the actors in this episode, like especially Lucy Hale. Like, She brings Arya down to a very human level because of the events of this episode. Um yeah, I, I I think Arya thinks that Mike is just reacting to, to her attacking him the previous episode. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, she kind of smiles, goes back to the paper. Tony Danza doesn't nearly reflect on how fucking crazy her family is. Um, she goes to Hannah's bedroom. It's nice. Well, he doesn't realize, like, no, it actually is not about you. She's yeah. telling you the truth there. She doesn't yeah. give a shit about you. Yeah, neither does Mike, probably. Mm-hmm. Um, except for this guy's a tool. 
Um, so Hannah's like just sitting in her chair, knock on the door. Emily comes in. Hannah is shocked that somehow Emily got past her parents, especially since they threw Caleb out the door. And Emily's like, I brought an excuse homework and she holds up like a physics textbook lol yeah uh, and they hug and then hannah's like wait a minute i'm not in physics and emily's like yeah i was cutting on your parents not knowing that lol i'm yeah. sure hannah's parents know that hannah's not in physics yeah Hannah kind of just puts a book down and uh emily's like oh it must be weird having your dad here how is uh, you know how are you really and hannah says i'm in purgatory a condition of temporary punishment and suffering from which i may never leave which is like, basically this whole show. Yeah. Hannah's like, what? I looked it up. Along with everything I could find on prosecuting minors and state minimums for f- third-degree federal offenses. That was before they took away my internet. <laughs> and Emily's like, well, if your mom didn't do it, then it may not be the gun that shot Wilden. Like, we don't know for sure. It can't tamper with ballistics evidence. And Hannah correctly points out, we don't know what A can and cannot do. The sooner we accept that, the better. Um, you know, up until the end of season three, I would have said that Hannah and Emily know firsthand better than the others, like the awesome and fearful power of A. Um, but Emily says that she's not just here for well, fake Homer. Because Hannah should just be like, oh, A can't tamper with ballistics. She made, like, A made, like, a bell, like, disappear and then, like, reappear in, like, the wrong, you know, <laughs> material. I just saw someone point out on Twitter, A potentially hacked General Mills <laughs> and replaced all the cereal of A's. Yeah. Um, Don't underestimate A. Well, and I think the thing is that if it's not Mona, you know, we've seen Mona do some pretty goddamn impressive things and that this A is potentially better, which is scarier. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, Emma says that she's not just here for fake homework. She also wants a dashboard cam hard drive that Mona took out of Willem's car. And Hannah's like, no, hell no. <laughs> and I was like, you don't even know what I want it for. And I mean, Hannah's like, I don't care. Emily, my mom is in that video hitting Willem with a car. All right. I should have just listened to Mona and burned it the second she gave it to me. Mm-hmm. And Emily's like, but you guys you should all have listened to Mona. But you didn't. So there's an opportunity here. And Emily's plan is basically like, look, like uh, Shauna and Jen are on this video being sketchy. So if the cops see it, then sure, it makes her mom look bad. But it also makes Shauna and Jenna look bad. And maybe they'll be suspects now because they it's, were helping Wilden. And that whole thing was never reported. Well, it's at least two more suspects to confuse the issue. Yeah. And, you know, people give Hannah a lot of shit like, oh, Hannah, you dumb bitch. Why are you trying to bury this gun in the middle of the woods with a beer bug? But that plan is not nearly as stupid as giving this uh, video to the cops. It's a mm. dumb plan, Emily. Mm. I'm not so sure. I mean, I, basically what she's trying to say is that uh, confuse the cops so they won't really know where to focus. And the cops are like, we already thought Ashley Marin was a suspect, and here's a video of her running over Wilden with a car. True, hmm. true. They just have to completely ignore the Shauna and Jenna stuff. Yeah. Um, or Jenna will just seduce another cop. But I mean, why why would they care about Shauna and Jenna helping him up? They'd be like, oh, those are two concerned citizens helping up this cop. You're you're right, you're right. Because Emily is basically hoping on the chance that the cops will interpret it not as them helping Wilden, mm-hmm. but maybe that harming him. Yeah. So and then Hannah again rightfully points it out when she lays it out to Emily again. Anything I do backfires. <laughs> I say one word. Well, and I really feel like Emily is a little self-serving here. She's singularly focused on like dicking over Shauna, which is yeah. the only reason she really brought this up. Yeah. So she's like, if I say one word, my dad goes down. Do you get that? And Emily clarifies, you know, if you say something, Hannah, not me. Hannah doesn't like that. I really this... wanted A to send a text right now and be like, no loopholes. This yeah. is A. <laughs> text from A. No loopholes. God damn it. Uh, Hannah is silent, so Emily's like pleading, like, this could be your only chance. Cops don't need to know where it came from. So Hannah relents and she like 
there's this whole sequence where she like opens up her jewelry box and then like takes out a box inside of it and there's like a makeup kit inside that and then she like moves two panels of the makeup kit aside and underneath that there's like a like a little two and a half inch hard drive that she pulls out and gives to Hannah. Genius. And they, they really both nice look very concerned because this is a really stupid idea. I think in the original cut of this episode, once she got to the very bottom of her magical Mary Poppins makeup thing, mm-hmm. there's a button and she presses that and part of her closet opens up. <laughs> she has to like open like 5,000 like things of clothes toward like another button. Anyways, it was not forever. Um, so she hands it to Emily and Emily's basically like good. Um, so it's not a major pl- point to be major, but it's interesting when the familial parallels. Emily and Hannah both have dads that are basically constantly disappearing somewhat mostly of their own like mm-hmm. volition. Mm-hmm. And then returning to make it weird. Hannah's mom's in trouble with law and could potentially be taken away from her. Arya, meanwhile, was forced to do the actual pushing away when it came to her mom. Oh, yeah. I'll, I'll talk about that a little yeah. bit later, too. Speaking of Arya. Because we room. cut to Arya. Arya's like, she's standing up right now. Just like a like a teacher. Well, know? she's... No, this is even better. She's done with Connor. He's putting a show in his backpack. She's filling up her rings. She's placed herself... Like with a coffee table between them, mm-hmm. close to the door, like eager to show him out. And she's she's doing some like hand talking here. She's like swinging her hands around. It's kind of funny to watch. Yeah. Um, but yeah, she's just like, see, I told you Faulkner wasn't all that bad because he he really appreciates this. You know, Ari's happy to help. And Connor says, you know, I meant you. It's nice hanging out with you. And Ari's like, thanks. And he says, yeah, next time we ought to do this over burgers instead of books. Or he's like, Psh. She's like, oh, no, you don't need that much help. You'll do fine. Psh. Oh, but have a great game Saturday. Go sports and all that. <laughs> like, so <laughs> condescending. And he's an it's idiot. Like, he, he's gotten up, and he just moves right in and kisses her. And she very quickly, like, backs away, raises her hands. She's like, I'm sorry. I, I'm not interested like that. Ew. She goes to the door, holds it open for him, not looking at him. Yeah, you can go, asshole. He uh, walks out, giving her just the nastiest side glare as he leaves. And Arya's just like, ugh. Yeah, sorry, bro. You are not worthy of making out with Arya Montgomery. I mean, you're younger than her. Yeah. Which is... That's, that's just gross. Yeah. yeah. Uh, meanwhile, the police HQ, seemingly the next day, Emily walks in, makes a beeline for the bulletin board. Uh, different bulletin board than the one we saw with like pictures of Wilden and Kent well, May. There's this kind of like comical like cat and mouse thing where like, She's hanging up the the flyer on the bulletin board for open mic night as she watches uh, Detective Tanner, or I'm sorry, Lieutenant Tanner behind her as, like, Tanner walks away, so she moves towards the desk. But, oh, wait, Tanner stops. Emily turns around, walks back to the bulletin board. Tanner goes back to her desk to, like, pick up her glasses and walks off again. She's like, that's my prop of this week. I, mm-hmm. I can't forget my glasses. And Emily, finally, Tanner's gone, so she can walk over and leave, a, like, a, you know, DVD-R. Uh, in a case on the table, the note says, "Want to know what happened to Wilden? Watch this in all caps." It's yeah, generic block writing. It's very similar to some of the notes they've actually gotten from A. I think. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that's shirt. actually because like the same person on the crew writes all the notes. Yeah, Emily is wearing a white T-shirt with like a cheetah print, giant kissy lips on it. Um, I feel like that's just kisses. Yeah, it says something on the top, like mm-hmm. like like I don't know, will something maybe. Mm-hmm. Um. But, like, fashion-wise, they're just trolling us this season with the liars and their kisses A mm-hmm. fashion. Um, go back to the Marin kitchen. Oh, boy. This yeah. Is- so, Ashley's kind of, like, spacing out as, like, a pan simmers behind her on the stove. And Tom runs in and, like, pulls it, grabs, a, like, a pot holder and pulls it pan off the stove. And he's like, Ashley, you're going to burn down the house, you know? <laughs> Ashley's like, I'm fine. And Tom's just like, no, you're not. 
no she he says it's fine you yeah know? and he's like no it's not uh this is this is potentially like breakfast maybe that's bacon maybe that's eggs um she goes over the toaster well, where like, we see that even the toast is burnt yeah she throws the burnt toast away and then starts like scrubbing a dish and uh has she heard from veronica and she says uh they don't know anything yet uh and tom says what else ash and ashley keeps scrubbing and then she stops she turns around and says the fact that we haven't heard anything not about hannah not about the gun it's, it's not a good sign and then she goes and tries to pick up the pan that was simmering and burns herself because it's one of those pans that you have to use pot holders on. Right. You know, the handle gets her hot. So she cries out, drops the pan. And like Tom's like really crowding her and she's basically just like, back the fuck off, leave me alone, give me some space. You know, like she's yeah. super stressed out. And Hannah's kind of come downstairs to witness this. Ashley's definitely like close to the end of her rope here. Uh, and Tom gets out of like a bag of frozen food for Ashley to hold, and, and Tom, this, this is when he like, it's like you were doing a nice thing for two seconds here, and then yeah. you had to go and do this. He says, "Just tell me it was self-defense. People could believe that." And Hannah is like glaring hatred from the hallway, and Tom says, "I could believe that." I don't know that it's hatred. I think Hannah is just picking up on the general like like disarray of her family in this situation. I don't think that's necessarily that she's projecting hate like on her dad. Um, maybe annoyance. I don't know. Maybe it, just in helplessness of her own. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And Ashley says, "Believe what you want, Tom. I already told you what happened." And they both both look up and notice that Hannah's been watching them, and Hannah's just very pissed right now. But just the parallels to the last time uh, Ashley and Tom were in this kitchen together back in season two. Mm -hmm. um, but yeah, like anytime shit is wrong with the breakfast in the Marin house, I mean that's your litmus test for how things are going. Bert Bacon means that shit is well, she does say she, Denmark. she does her like hannah shame face but then she like looks back up and kind of like glares at them like no fuck that you know yeah like i'm i'm mad hannah now because i know what's going on i wish i i had a, like i know we, this, we're in season four you know the show of this podcast mm -hmm. i wish i had a better chart for like oh Hannah's yeah facial reactions because there's like seven of them are you saying we should start charting this show because i feel like we're just inching closer and closer to an adrenalized hyper-reality from which we might not escape. And that's a bad thing. Mm -hmm. Why? Yeah. Rosewood um, High Quad. Emily, courtyard. Emily gives Caleb like a note, I guess, from Hannah. Hannah wanted him to have this. Hannah also wanted Emily to cop a feel on her behalf, but that's not going to happen. They're both like, LOL. Yeah, Caleb what smiles. <laughs> what do you think is in that note? Like, old-fashioned love note sex thing? <laughs> I don't even know. Just... Can you just imagine Hannah by candlelight, cool and ink, like writing, my dearest Caleb, what by the time you've read this, Emily will surely have copped a feel for me. I feel like it's it's like little pictures, little drawn pictures. You know? Like little erotic drawings? Mm -hmm. Like sexy unicorns? Uh, yeah, Caleb says Hannah's parents are supposed to call him if they heard anything, nothing so far. Maybe that's a good thing. Uh, oh, man. Mm. Um, yeah, Emily says maybe that's a good thing. This time we have the truth on our side, which is uh, something losers say. Mm -hmm. uh, and it's a good point, though. These girls typically don't have the truth on their side. Yeah. He takes off and takes just, the note, just as Emily's walking into the school hallway, Bulldozer Spencer steamrolls on in. And Spencer says, Emily, 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 for like yeah. 20 minutes. <laughs> Emily keeps walking. Been looking for you. These two get themselves into a full-on Aaron Sorkin walk and talk. Oh, this is a walk and talk. As Emily like wants nothing to do with this conversation. She's still pissed at Spencer for, for the RV. For PLL to do more walk and talks. Mm -hmm. But yeah, what is Spencer saying here? She says, I know who his alley was calling. At least I think I do. I was talking to all those sorority girls, 
And they didn't know anything about a hidden room, but a couple years ago, there was this house mother, and Emily's like, the Greenwald. Unimpressive. Yeah, exactly. And she would disappear for hours at a time, then all of a sudden, poof, she'd reappear as if she'd never left the house. What if Mrs. Greenwald was using that hidden room? What if that's who Allie was calling? And Emily's like, I don't think the Greenwald wore bore shorts. <laughs> and Spencer's like, okay, so we got that part wrong. But this is our chance to get it right. Mrs. Greenwald could have known who was after Allie. It could be A. It could be the same person who's framing Hannah's mom. Look, you want to help Hannah, right? So let's go talk to Mrs. Greenwald, okay? You and me. And Sp Emily, finally, she stops. She says, Spencer, stop. Having Mona's RV could have helped Hannah somehow. Yeah. Uh and I'm not going on another wild goose chase with you, just so you can clear your guilty conscience. Emily, wild goose chases are what this show is about. Mm -hmm. Spencer says, look, I want to explain everything. I just can't. Not yet. Emily says, I know you're trying to protect Toby, but I really wish you'd think about the people you're hurting. You know, Emily, why don't you go talk to Toby? If you're so mad. Like, you're mad at Spencer. You're not mad at Toby. So Emily marches off. This we see that this like hurts Spencer, but Spencer walks away. We go back to Emily as she stormed away. She stops a few feet down the hallway, feeling bad for being so harsh. She's maybe about to turn back and apologize or clarify, but then she starts hearing some crazy fucking fiddle music. Yeah, I like how Emily like kind of like at least acknowledged herself, like, okay, maybe I'm overdoing it. But then she hears like some is it the fiddle is the violin? I don't know. Well, I'm gonna thing. call the fiddle from now yeah. on. I mean, cool. like, yeah, she's like, Oh shit, my fury has a soundtrack. Mm -hmm. She goes down the hallway to investigate. She finds the nearly empty band room because from the hallway she sees Shauna is playing the fucking fiddle. <laughs> it's like Jenna thing had the flute. Shauna has the fiddle and she's like shredding away on this fiddle. Emily and Emily Shane. watches this and is just thinking like, fuck this bitch. <laughs> Insert joke about how the devil needs to go back down to Georgia. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So some contemplatively scornful looks. Emily then walks away elsewhere in the uh, school hallways from from the side of the hallway comes Mikey Montgomery in a well, huff. It's a neat shot. It's like the camera that kind of like starts at one end of the hallway and like walks past some dudes. And then like Mikey walks out from the side, looks around, then we follow him to the end of the hall. This is, um, what was it? Was it, it's the one where Hannah and Mona like had their, their time together. Was it the premiere of the season? Uh, uh, season episode two, maybe. It, there was that crazy, yeah. like, like, you know, uh, blocked out hallway shot. Yeah. Um, it's a great thing because he like he comes into like the the frame in front of us. He looks over and it's like he sees Arya, even though you can't see her yet. There's a mm -hmm. this, like crowd of people in front of her. Yeah, they spread and then there's Arya on a bench wearing a powder blue skirt that matches her powder blue Converse. <laughs> yeah, and he says, "How could you do that?" Mikey says, and Arya's like, "Do what?" She gets up, and Mike says, "Hook up with Connor last night." Dramatic Ar pushing on Arya's face. Arya's like, "What? Where did you hear that?" And Mikey's like, where do you think? I was just in the locker room. And Arya just like storms off before he can even stop her like fury, you know, snakes She's coming out of her hair. This. Yeah, she, his feelings on this matter do not matter. There's enough like daily horrors casually directed at women. Arya is not going to put up with this. Well, and I like the way she's storming down the hall and we're kind of like, you know, w watching her from ahead of her as she goes. Uh, and then she like briefly shoots this look over at someone and keeps walking. And then as she walks past, we see it was Fitz. Who she was shooting the look to, and Fitz just kind of Fitz just kind of turns and looks like, hmm. Then he like looks back at Mike, looks back in Arya's direction, like, what's that about? He looks, yeah, kind of inquisitive. Yeah, she looks like she's on her way to stab somebody to death and then maybe set them on fire. Um, the boys' locker room. Some bros are hanging out and yucking it up. We see Arya come down, come down the hallway through this windowed hallway. What kind of like? Like, why would you have windows to a locker room where youths are getting undressed? <laughs> These but guys seem mildly surprised to see Arya in their midst in the changing room. 
Tony Danza's holding court, and Arya stands in the doorway. And she's yeah, they, like, these dudes are all like laughing and you know playing grab ass. And she's like, "Hi, I need to talk to you." And Tony Danza actually looks scared for just a moment. Then some bro says, "Can't get enough, can she?" Yeah, and then he like smiles because he's like, "Haha, I have my douchey friends to back me up." Yeah. And Arya like takes in takes in the scene, and her face is just like, "Oh hell no." She says, all right, in case you or any of your friends are confused, you tried to kiss me, and I pushed you off, and then you left, all right? That's what happened. That was all that happened, okay? And then she, she just turns to leave, but then Connor's like, you can quit the Innocent Virgin Act. This piece of human garbage. And the, all the bros are just like, ooh. They're like, yeah, they're like, oh, shit, son. You know, and Arya's just like, what are you talking about? Lucy Hale, by the way has a great squint. She has a very <laughs> imposing, almost like Clint Eastwood-esque squint. Yeah, what are you talking about? And Connor says, everyone knows you and Mr. Fitz weren't just Scrabble buddies. He's like, excuse me? And he says, how many points for the word slut? On its own, it's only four points, but that's not to say you can't double. No, it's double. six. It's, they're, they're one point, like, letters each. No, the L and the U are two. Are you sure? Pretty sure. Like Google this, could be wrong. Uh, Arya's blown away by this. While you Google this, she she mm-hmm. turns to walk away. Some dudes are snickering, and then we see that Ezra standing there in the doorway, looking hard. Ezra hard, whatever that means. Well, it's like it's like a hard light. This is the worst place for him to show up. You know, she, he gives her a very complicated look, and he says, "Miss Montgomery, you shouldn't be in here." And Arya gives him a very nasty look. It's also complicated, and goes past and leaves. Ezra then gives Tony Danza a look, not not a hard look now. But a sinister look. I know I'm, I'm really talking the looks here. Is this kind of look where you... Okay, oh, you're right. It's for it. I thought the L was worth two and the U was worth two. I wish. It this is the be. kind of look that you... Like, where you're postponing initial retaliation to instead go and murder a guy's family and then feed that, no, wait, that this... family to them while you, like, burn their house down. Yeah, correction. I, I'm wrong. This is, like, the French scoring card or something. Hold on. You keep talking. I'll look for the real one. I'll just put... So, Tony Danza looks scared to death of a man in a vest. Go mm-hmm. Sharks. So, okay, I found a different one. You're right. Okay. After commercial. Glad we cracked that case. <laughs> this is a hard hitting news. Well, briefly, I just want to mention that when Fitz is staring down at Connor Bro here, he has this like dead eyed look on his face. Uh, like like Connor, you know you're fucked. But it's it's like it's not like immediate retaliation. The like Ezra's mm-hmm. scheming. Uh, yeah. So after scheming in his. Uh, like dress shirt and vest and tie there. He's going to go write a very strongly worded mean short story and mm-hmm. submit it to many journals online. Um, after a commercial, at a very weird angle, we see uh, Spencer's car drive past. So just a warning, you know, from this skewed camera angle, shit's about to get weird. Toby and Spencer are in a car heading to Ravenswood. Listening to Chillwave. Um, Toby's riding shotgun, of course, and he says, this is fantastic. He's like, you still okay on gas? And Spencer's like, yeah. Like, what the fuck are you asking, Toby? Spencer's not in the greatest mood right now. Well, like, what What if she says no? What What are you going to do, Toby? Like, He's going to pay for gas. That, ma- that makes him square. Yeah. Uh, and sure. he holds up the picture of Grunewald, and he's like, is, are you, is she going to be expecting you, Spencer? And no, of course not. Uh, Spencer's, there's, there's, like, gripping the ceiling rear, like, hard, like, determined. There's two things that no mm. one expects. The Spanish Inquisition... And Spencer fucking Hastings. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Toby's struggling to fill the awkward silence of words. And he's, he looks like he's about to complain. But then I think he like thinks better of it. And instead he says he's sorry. And Spencer's just like, I know. That's, that's their Han Solo and Leia mm-hmm. Empire moment. Yeah. They drive on. Back to school. 
Arya is sitting on the stairs, kind of moping. Uh, she's de- get, deleting all these texts she's got, and the texts are like, "What's the problem? Am I not old enough?" They're all from unknown, you know. So hey, Arya, want to pull an all nighter? Yeah. She's disgusted. She puts her phone away, gathers her stuff. Um, well, because I mean, she's tearing up because, of course, mm-hmm. you would in the face of this kind of cruelty. Yeah, I'll, I'll talk about this more in the next scene with her. But um, she. What happens here? Uh, Ezra kind of walk looms in as she has her head in her hands. He's like from this coming in from the stairs above. Like, Are you okay? And Arya kind of closes her eyes and shakes her head like she's very scornful. Like, what happened in there? Ezra's asking, and he moves around to face her. And he says, "Before I came in, Arya, those guys are jerks. You can't let somebody, some stupid rumor, get to you." And Arya is like, "It's not just a stupid rumor. There's some truth to it, Ezra." She picks up her thing. She's pissed. She says, look, you cannot be the guy that helps me feel better anymore. Don't you get that? Just stay away from me, please. Yeah. And she, like, you know, like, puts up her hands, like, you know, get back, and just takes off. Well, I mean, so, like, in case you didn't know, the, like, one of the recurring things in this episode is, like, the men thinking they can step in. Well, and then. And, like, make everything better for the ladies. She happened to get a look at Ezra as she, like, storms away from him. His, his pose. His, like, GQ pose. Yeah, he's because he's, he's standing sideways on the stair, so like one leg is kind of like raised up on the stair above. Well, no, you could you could basically Photoshop like a Superman outfit onto him, and he looks like Superboy. He's a man um, of wealth and taste. Yeah, this is the he, no, he's not. <laughs> Please excuse me. Isn't he? Won't, you, won't you guess Ezra's name? Um, mm-hmm. No, he, he. This is also the same like staircase where Arya dumped his ass. That's true. Um, so we get them get an aerial shot, presumably of Ravenswood and Ravenswood. Very, Desaturated footage. Ravenswood is filmed a desaturated Instagram filter, uh, as it should be. Uh, massive, massive uh, cemeteries everywhere. Yeah, uh, this is basically the village of the crazy scene from Jim Cotta. Everything in this town is colored with like gray or like light blue drabness, as if Ravenswood is like somehow in like Seattle, but not at all. Um, so they drive. Toby taps Spencer on the shoulder. You know, he points out slow motion pan of a, of a woman <laughs> standing at a grave. Spencer's like, oh shit. Well, yeah, it's a, everything's in slow motion. And it's like, oh, there's like a woman in like a cape standing at like a at a casket and you know in a grave that like hasn't even been buried yet. And there's and there's like wind everywhere and leaves blowing. You know, um, Toby looks forward. There's like a like a shot of a bunch of birds lined up on a ravens uh, swarming they, around. All the like cars a- in the drive into town are like from the fifties. So before they actually pull into town, I mean, this sequence deserves kudos for really invoking this sense of the macabre and sinister while being comprised almost entirely of like stock footage and Some characters' is, yeah. reactions to that stock footage. I mean, well, it's it's really as though they have driven into a different TV show. Well, I don't like, think it's a spoiler to say that Ravenswood's horrific glory is better represented on PLL than it was in the actual Ravenswood spinoff. I think you could probably say that. Maybe it's just because there's a contrast. Uh, it's, it's easier. It's easier to see the difference. Yeah, know? I mean, I didn't know anything about what Ravens would be when I first watched this episode on purpose because you and I mm-hmm. both went in as blind as possible um, before it aired. But I, I assumed from this that you really gonna get that same like skin crawling unease. That well, the weirdest Blansky thing he was so good at pulling off. The weirdest thing about Ravenswood is when they'd like go to high school. And it's like, how do you go to high school? Your whole town's haunted. You know. Yeah, uh, I mean, like, but I, I really wanted like the Roman Polanski vibe or like the. The Gore Verbinski in the, the remake of The Ring, you know? Like, before mm-hmm. you die, you see Ravenswood. Yeah. So let me cut to what we have to assume is Main Street Ravenswood. Yeah, Spencer rolls in in her SUV and parks, and the camera kind of, like, cranes up to get a, a view of all these old-timey cars. And then 
we uh, stop on these, this like street sign, uh, you know, about the town Ravenswood. Ravenswood established 1764. Uh, so named. So named. Sorry, I have so names written. I was like, why so names? So named for the vast wooded area to the east and frequent raven sightings, Ravenswood first rose to prominence during the Revolutionary War for its use as a rest station and later as a burial ground. According to the wiki, Ravenswood is about 20 miles away from Rosewood and is located between Brookhaven and Rosewood. Hmm. Uh, so they get out of the car, they look around, and Spencer asks if Toby sees street signs anymore. And Toby <laughs> says, no, nothing. Not so right in this town. The, no no street signs exist in Ravenswood. So right off the bat, we know this town has the ancient curse of atrocious city planning. Mm-hmm. Um, someone peeks through like the blinds of like, a nearby shop at them, uh, probably sensing that they're outlanders and do not belong here. We see, it's like creepily stares at them, yeah. We see two kids like dragging their mom across the street, and Spencer's like, excuse me, and politely asks the lady if Sawmill Road is up ahead. We also see the word oddities on the shop window behind yeah. spencer well this lady she's asking just ignore spencer and like rushes her kids away because spencer's like what's going on it's like is everyone in this town a ghost yeah seriously. Um, yeah and they're, they're just looking around there's oddities there's a creepy guy staring at them through the window toby's just like let's get the fuck out of here so they get back in the car it's, spencer they're, actually complies yeah because they're all i mean this place is fucking spooky they're like yeah. i don't know what's going on here so they just get back in the car they're gonna drive off and look for sawmill road and as, then, like, as, ravens are swarming all over the place. Uh, they As they drive away, the camera pans over to show that there's, like, a tombstone, like, right in the middle of town next to, like, a tree. Well, so, like, you know, we're, we're in some city, like, like urban centers. You'll see, like, trees of, like, you know, like, metal grating around them to protect mm-hmm. the tree. This one is a tombstone with, well, like, metal grating around it. It's as though the entire town has been built on a cemetery, and they just, like, blocked off the tombstones. We well, yeah, like this this crazy fucking necropolis. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, totally normal. Um, and if you think like time moves in a funny way in Rosewood, just imagine what's going on in Ravenswood. So meanwhile, <laughs> back in reality at Rosewood High, where the colors wild are normal, kisses. That's what normal shirt and says. rich and warm. Oh, is it wild kisses? Emily's mm-hmm. walking through the hallways with her wild kisses shirt. Uh, she sees Mona up ahead in the courtyard studying. Emily zeroes in on her. Marches over. Yeah, we need She's, to talk. And Mona's like, "Oh, we're talking now." And he says, tell me what A has on Toby, okay? I need to know. And Mona just kind of scoffs and looks away. She's like, don't we all? And he's like, Mona, please, I want in. And Mona's like, on what? <laughs> on whatever it is you have going on. You tracked down your RV. You found out about Spencer and Toby. Got the fast track on A while the rest of us had nothing. As if her inherent Monaness could be taught. As if others mm-hmm. could have elevate themselves to her level. But I like the way Mona kind of considers her own awesomeness for a second. But then just has to sigh and just be like, look, Emily, I'm not the one pulling the strings anymore. You know, all I have is an empty RV. Everything bad that I've done, everything you've done, A has proof. One wrong move, and we all go up in flames. Maybe this time we don't get out of them. Emily just, like, glares at her and, like, turns and walks off. And Well, I, she's just like, Jesus, that's not what I was expecting. That's depressing. Yeah. And it's almost like Mona like, kind of contemplates what she just said as well and kind of, like, you know, sits back and examining her predicament. Again, Shay Mitchell and her, her reacting skills. Mm-hmm. Um, so back in the Ravenswood storyline, <laughs> we're at the edge of like a giant property, like an estate. Like a private uh, like road. A, yeah, like a gate that would like lead to wherever this house is. Um, giant wall of shrubs and flowers on the on the gate. It's a plaque that says private road. There's a creepy old albino gardener doing gardener shit mm-hmm. there. So Spencer and Toby have to stop and get out because it's a private road. And they walk up to this guy. Oh, boy. 
And Toby's like, you sure it's the right place? And Spencer's like, yeah, this is the address. As if GPS worked in Ravenswood. She excuses herself to the gardener. Uh, Hey, we were hoping to speak with uh, the Greenwald. Is she home? It's important. And this creepy gardener just like stares at them for a second. Dead eyes. And then he announces that there is no one here but him. And he only deals with the master of the house. In a crazy gravelly voice. And then he just starts cutting the rose heads off all the bushes. Yes. Like an insane person. Yeah, yeah. And Spencer's like, well, we must have the wrong address. And he, like, he stares at her, like, not breaking eye contact as, like, he's not even looking, like, cutting all the roses off this bush like a complete maniac. Yeah. It's awesome. He he talks like an old bluesman. Mm -hmm. Um, So Spencer, like, kind of gently pulls on toby's hand like leading back to the car but i feel like toby was more scared of the students well you know what's the the symbology here of like he's you know they're from rosewood and he's just like killing these roses left and right like glaring hatred at them yeah yeah uh once they're starting at the car he pulls out his old flip phone and dials someone the gardener's creepy looking for (laughs) a lot of reasons but like it's like he's he's like old looking but at the same time he doesn't look that old yeah it's a weird look really he has certain features that look very old and then other features that look very young. Like the actor could very well be like 32 years old. Mm-hmm. Um, so back on Main Street Ravenswood, Spencer's car is parked in that same spot again. Toby and Spencer get out. Toby's like, I'm starving. Let's grab something to eat. That's going to be Toby's storyline in this episode. Well, you know, when I watch this, and I, I can't remember if I, if I read somebody else like making this like observation or not. I don't want to rip anybody off, but I, I can't find any other reference to it. I really got the vibe that like, if you eat in Ravenswood, like maybe you can't leave. You and I were talking, and we both like independently. I think felt yeah. that way. Like Ravenswood is Hades, and you could visit it because he keeps food, talking about trapped. he keeps talking about wanting to eat the food, you know. And Spencer's she's not hungry. She's like, yes, I have a big pit in my stomach, but I'm not hungry right now. So Toby ah, classically says, "Whoa, whoa, whoa! You definitely need to eat something. I'm not driving back to Rosewood with low blood sugar Spencer." That's worse than no caffeine, Spencer. <laughs> and she stops, stares at him. This, how dare you look? And then the great line delivery from Tony Belsario. She says, "Wow, your girlfriend sounds awesome." <laughs> Doesn't she though? She does sound awesome. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, the the look on her face when she says that. Wow, your girlfriend sounds awesome. Uh, and then she kind of looks inside. There's like a hair salon that's of course named like Maison Majorie. And and inside, she just happens to see, like, getting her hair did, like, in reflected in the mirror, there is the Grunewald mm-hmm. with her, like, creepy, creepy, like, gr- like almost like white eyeballs. Like, her, she's so creepy. It's been decades since they live. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, Spencer whips out the Gamma Zeta Die photo and confirms that that's her. It's a great, it's a great photo of, we didn't talk about it earlier, the, the girls from the sorority are, like, off to one side, <laughs> you know, like, away from the Grunewald. Yeah, um, there's a good foot between them. So the petition moves as we see the Grunwald's like reflection in the mirror. And as Spencer like looks at the photo and kind of confirms, like, the Grunwald has this like slight smile on her face. Mm-hmm. Um, Meg Foster is perfect for this role because in her aging, she's developed these like stark lines. Mm-hmm. Her her blue eyes are so light and penetrating that it's like instead of eyes, she has like these like vicious little diamonds that just cut. She through. looks like one of the like the eye zombies from Game of Thrones, uh, but but prim and proper. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so after the commercial, we're in the beauty shop in Ravenswood. Uh, Spencer's talking to Mrs. Grunewald, and she says, it was three summers ago. It was all over the news. Mrs. Grunewald's like, I must have missed it. Well, no, I, I can't even do the voice justice, but she's using a very high, lilting voice as Mrs. Grunewald. Like, oh, aren't I the most innocent thing, even though but, I'm clearly like, not. 
imagine a person who has a very naturally deep voice, mm-hmm. husky voice, trying to do a, a high voice. I also wanted to say, don't you know, we don't get news here in Ravenswood. <laughs> Spencer says, well, my friends and I aren't really sure that she's gone. Maybe you know this person? And Grunewald's like, I didn't know her alive. I certainly don't know her dead, which great. is such a weird thing to say. Such a great line for this, yeah. this town. Uh, maybe you only spoke to her on the phone. She might have gone by the name Vivian. And it seems like Grunewald is like slightly taken aback by this, kind of like looks Spencer up and down a little. But at the same time, everything she does of her face has this like, otherworldly quality. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and she, Spencer says, look, she thought that somebody was after her, so maybe she was asking for help or a place to stay. And the hairdresser like takes the smock off Greenwald, and Greenwald's just like, I'm sorry, it doesn't ring a bell. She gets up, and Spencer says, the girl said that you disappeared every day for hours at a time, then you suddenly reappear as if you never left. So I know it was you on that phone. And then one day you were gone, isn't that right? Were you running some kind of business? Kind of business. So as she's talking to the Grunewald, Toby's like looking at the photos lined up there in the beauty shop. Lots of old timey like black and white photos of people dressed in their Sunday best and like seemingly having picnics and graveyards or something. Like it's like the kind of photos from like before people smiled in photographs. Well, it's it's really like the selling point of Ravenswood is that it's a resort town for cults. <laughs> um, but Spencer is can't stop, won't stop all the way here. Yeah, Grunewald. Grunewald like, yeah, she's yeah. like, I'm very sorry about your friend, but I can't help you. It's I'm not who you think I am. And she sits down in like one of those like hair drying chairs and it's kind of, you know, excuse me. And then she just like drops the dryer on her head. Like we're done talking here. I am so out of date of like going to beauty shops with my grandma's a little mm-hmm. kid or whatever. I don't remember what those things are called. I literally in my notes. Uh, I'm sorry, guys. You know, I'm sorry. I wrote hair helmet or something. A hair dryer chair. I don't know. Maybe there's a technical term. <laughs> Who knows? Um, so anyway. Spencer, like, she's not Spencer. Spencer looks at Toby. He gestures for them to leave. There's, like, this super creepy mannequin head next to Toby. Like, <laughs> a short dominatrix, like, cut wig on it. Of course there is. It's Ravenswood. Yeah. Um, Gruna watches as, like, Toby and Spencer leave. Uh, now we cut to Arya's bedroom. Oh, Arya. Arya's lying in bed. Her face is red from crying, especially around her nose. She's probably been blowing her nose for a lot. And, you know, I just have to say, like, I normally don't feel particularly, like, protective of Arya just because she's, like, a deadly predator. She can protect herself. But I did feel really bad for her in this scene. Because I, I think it, like, this really, like, was, like, a twist in the knife to Arya. Like, she kind of, like, the story Arya's written about herself is she's, like, this sophisticated girl who, like, pursued a, a more mature relationship that was, like, you know, suitable to her maturity level. Mm-hmm. And that's the story she's written. And she's just found out that the story other people are writing about her is that she's just like some dumb slut who fucked her teacher. Yeah, Ezria is a fantasy. And it's mm-hmm. easy to see how teenagers could be drawn to it. But this the, this kind of shows how like there's very real, very disgusting ramifications that you don't think of. Well, and it, I mean, it crushes her. Yeah. Because that's like the worst thing in the world is like, no, that thing that you thought was one thing, everybody else thinks it's something else. And you've been, like, shielded from what everybody else thinks for such a long time somehow, but now you found out, and now you're you're crying your little eyes out. And it, it really, it makes it extra sad that she had to push Ella away, because I think Arya's the one who really needs her parents the most on the show. More so than Mikey, yeah. Yeah, even though she pretends to be the, the you know, the precocious mature one, she's always the first one to run to her parents when, like, you know, emotional matters... Ella get too hard in the yeah. Last season yeah um i think the theme with this particular episode though is that while i do share your sympathy for for wanting to protect Arya, especially in this moment should you show up now and <laughs> try to do that she would push you away because too little too late 
Yeah. Um, so he gets an incoming call. It's from Emily. Ari ignores it because fuck that right now. Uh, knock on the door. Ari says, go away. In the Montgomery house, that basically means come on in. <laughs> door opens. It's Mikey Montgomery. He asks if he can talk to her. In such a weary voice, Ari says, Mike, just leave me alone, please. Yeah, he comes in anyway. Yeah, of course. Uh, and of course Ari says, Ari kind of sits up a little and she's like, look, I'm sorry your whole team thinks I'm a slut. Sorry about mom going away. I'm sorry, okay? And instead, he sits down next to her, so she kind of sighs and sits up a little. And Mikey gets his little monologue here. He's, I messed up. I should have known that Connor's making that stuff up. I'm your brother. I'm supposed to watch out for you. Stand up for you. I'm going to make it up to you, okay? Okay? And Arya just kind of nods and takes his hand, and he smiles at her. Bro, sis bonding. Yeah. They hold hands in solidarity. I mean, Lucy Hale mm. is so great in this scene. She really conveys that hurt, and it, well, it's heartbreaking. Good makeup. Like, she, her, you know, face and, like, mouth are so yeah. red and puffy. Like, yeah. I mean, yeah, all jokes aside, and this whole podcast is built on that, it destroys you inside whenever mm-hmm. Arya feels human. And I think that's a scary thing. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. So Hannah's house in the foyer. Hannah comes home where Tom is, like, sitting on the steps waiting for her. And he's like, where have you been? She says that she didn't do anything. That she just well, d- Does he air. even ask her? Yeah, he says, where have you been? Okay, I wasn't sure if she just, like, explained anyway. No, and he just gnaws and drinks his scotch because, you know, it's when the, yeah, when the she, patriarchy has to break out the serious scotch, it's bad. She was out to get some air. She didn't do anything. Uh, and then Hannah just starts talking, you know, unprompted about, hey, you remember how, or, you know, I was taking that old footpath behind so-and-so's house, you know, the one that goes to the pond, uh, where you used to take me skating when I was little. Now it's all dried up. Metaphor. And Tom's like, yeah, that happens this time of year. It'll fill up again. And Hannah sighs. This is all her fault. You know, her fault that her mom got ever got involved with Wilden. Her fault the police found a gun. And Hannah says, God, how could I be so stupid? I, I, I mean, I tried to fix things and it just, just gets worse. And Tom's just like, Hannah, I wish you'd come to me. And it's like, yeah, well, the way Caleb described it, honestly, dad. I didn't think he wanted me to. So Tom looks so wounded and so broke here that he's unable to form words. He, but he can drink. Because it's fucking true. Yeah. Well, he, yeah says, he says nothing. She sits down on the stairs and he just like downs the rest of his scotch. Yeah. The the camera kind of pulls back, leaving these two in this moment. You know, the pond is dried up here, but maybe it'll fill up again. Um, Ashley maybe Benson's not. fantastic in this scene. Yeah. I, I, I like Rourke Critchlow's performance. He is a douche in certain scenes, but I really felt like... I feel like it's a double-edged comment. Hannah, I wish you'd come to me. Like, mm-hmm. why would she? But, you know, he, I think, you know, both he wished that she had and he wished well, they, that she could. They managed to make him really, like, he's not like a total scumbag, but he kind of is. Mm-hmm. He's not a good dad. He's not a good father. Right. Um, but he's not, like, mustache twirling either. He's just kind of like, this is what happens when, uh, you know, you, you neglect your daughter. Well, we've we've seen just in general to the point where Hannah started off the show how he treats women. Mm-hmm. Um, Main Street Ravenswood, Toby and Spencer walk out. <laughs> constant sounds of ravens and crows and shit. Yeah, they're cawing all over the place. And Spencer, and Spencer says she'd rather fry the hair off her head than talk to me. And Toby's like, maybe she's telling the truth. And Spencer's like, she's not. And Toby, Toby yes. gets a line. Toby yes. says, I know you don't want to go back home empty-handed, but we have to face facts. You're following a lead that came from a bird. <laughs> Maybe it never was a real clue. Maybe Allison's grandmother called that number instead of Allie. You have to let you have to learn when to let go, Spencer. You're following she's, a lead that came from a she's bird. She's like me. 
I need to learn when to let things go. Fuck I you, might buddy. Be trusting a bird, but you're trusting A. And mm-hmm. Toby should be like touche. Mm-hmm. Uh, instead, he says he's going to go across the street and get some food from the cafe antiques and oddities shop, <laughs> which I am just dying to see the Yelp review for. Um, he asks Spencer wants anything. She says no. She looks back in on the it's beauty like, shop. Toby, you're going to get trapped. You won't be able to leave if you eat anything. By all means, have seconds. Mm-hmm. Um, so weird music starts playing throughout the town. There's like loudspeakers in this town that plays creepy well, it's like, it's music. It's like choir music. It's like a choir of dead souls singing a lovely bit macabre hymn. Well, and, and Hannah looks up and... Or, I'm sorry. Uh, Spencer looks up and spots little loudspeakers like hanging around like you know blasting this music out so everyone in town starts walking like one direction the an ill wind starts blowing like they've direction. all been body snatched or something Spencer's like goes the flow follows i really was like, reminded of, like certain chapters of like a wrinkle in time here um so of course everyone is walking to a cemetery of course there's like 30 people there all gathered around to stare at a statue of a sad looking angel holding fresh flowers well this is when the show just like turned into like bioshock like, what the hell is this creepy-ass town that, like, there's a loudspeaker, like, announcement that it's time to go, like, pay, this is, you know, tribute to this weird-ass angel statue? It's like a less gory Silent Hill game. Yeah, there's mm-hmm. such reverence in these people, including, well, we find, the creepy, old, young, gruff, albino gardener. The gardener's right there. He's just, like, kind of staring humbly at the statue. So fixated. No regard for Spencer at all. Like, he doesn't even notice her. Yeah. Uh, so Spencer starts approaching slowly. Parting initially was like, when I first watched, was like, don't stare at it too closely, Spencer. You'll get hit in the ties. <laughs> then uh, along the crowd we see over at Spencer's right, we see Shauna show up. This bitch is always showing up. Shauna walks up very close to the angel. She's holding some sort of bundled package in her hand. She's wearing a red shirt and scarf. She stands out mm-hmm. because everything else is blue and gray and dry. And desaturated. Yeah. She looks just as perplexed by all this weird Ravenswood shit as Spencer. Well, she, she looks kind of nervous and like like looking around, like making sure that she like fits in or, or hoping that she fits in. But so Shauna doesn't necessarily see Spencer yet, but Spencer sees her and decides now is the time to run back to the car. So she starts running down the street. We see Toby come out of the shop with this bag of food. He sees her. He sees how urgently she's running. So well, he asks as she's all. running, we see a uh, Mustang turn the corner. The blue Mustang, yeah. Yeah. Quickly, Jenna's. very quickly, turn the corner and like screech through the shop, and yeah, then Spencer runs over to Toby. Toby kind of runs towards her because he sees something's up, uh, and Spencer's just like yelling at him. And then Toby looks up and he's like, "That's Jenna's car." Yeah. And then they she grabs his hand and they they turn around. We see Shauna runs over and gets in this car. We don't see who's driving it. Yeah, Shauna's in the passenger. We do see Shauna run over with that, like, bundled package and get in the car and kind of start to drive off. Spencer and Toby run across the street and almost get run down by this car as they're, like, running to the other side to get in their own car. Yeah, so Spencer's Because this car just, like, speeds away as soon as Shauna gets in. When I first watched this, I thought, are we about to have an awesome fucking chase scene? (laughs) Spencer's It's a cool shot. The shot of them running across the street as, like, the car is zooming towards them is pretty cool. Well, what I love about it, what is so unusual for this type of thing is there's no hint that, like, they're they're not seen. You know Mm -hmm. what I mean? Like, Shauna and whoever's driving that car, and I don't think it's Jenna thing because she should be blind now. Like, they see them. They almost hit them. You know what I mean? Like, this is a chase. (laughs) This isn't just, like, casual following. But, yeah, so Spencer's like, get in, get in, get in. Toby, because, you know, he's got to try to be the man here. He's like, go, 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 go. Toby, Toby does have a little sack of food, too. 
Uh, but as soon as yeah. they get in the car, he's hungry. What's he that saying? Yeah, hearing Toby say "Go, go, 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 go" is like the most hilarious thing ever. Yeah. Uh, but as soon as they get in the car, like this, like splat, like something big, like lands right on the front of the windshield, and, like leaves them like red blood mark. Mm-hmm. And they get out and look, and on the ground in front of the SUV is a dead raven. And apparently, just flew right into their car because that's how fucking creepy this town is. Well, they they then like look up at the sky. I believe that the camera, or that we then see a shot of reflections of birds flying overhead in the windshield. Yeah. I don't think the camera's pointing up. I love that shot. Rather than like just looking up at whatever they're seeing, instead the camera goes over to the windshield of the car, showing us a reflection of the sky. Oh, and it's, I mean, there's like wind blowing. Like this whole town is so weird. Like the wind's like picking up and blowing them, and Spencer and Toby just look at each other, and you know, they're just both thinking, let's get the fuck out of here. I mean, I think that this 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 points out like some glaring like obviousness about Sally the failure of Ravenswood is that, and I I didn't want Ravenswood to fail because I like these creators, I wanted their projects to succeed, but like the town is so interesting in its bizarreness, like whatever mm-hmm. the the normal choice would be, they seemingly go in an opposite direction, and the I feel like the Ravenswood the actual show should have followed that that style yeah. guide. Um, yeah, so we cut to the brew at night. It's open even, mic night. Even something even more terrifying. Some soulful bro is playing the keyboards and pouring his soulful bro heart out. Yeah, uh, he's he's singing along and tinkling the, the assorted Rosewood hipsters ivories. are gathered around, grooving to this. That dude. one dude, the sleaziest looking man in Rosewood. This guy has like a big old like hipster like mustache. He has a mustache for fuck's sake. And he has like he has like the kind of long hair like drooping to the sides. Yeah. Um and he's he has a shirt that's like halfway unbuttoned down the front and like it's medallions. Like, a, like, a shirt. like medallions hanging out. Like first of all, this, this guy, guy like he's, this like guy. He's in the 70s. Yeah. Yeah. Uh so Soulful Bro keeps being soulful. We see Emily in, in, in her apron, she's working, uh walks up to Ari with some muffins. And Emily's like, chocolate or raspberry? And Arya says, okay, you can stop at the sympathy food. Both. No, she oh, no. Says, she's, obviously, she takes a chocolate one. Obviously. obviously. Um, just then, Tony Danza walks past with a trash bag. He gives Arya a really shitty look. Uh, Emily apologized for having Tony Danza to work tonight. Arya says it's fine. Arya's like over it now. She's like, no, it's fine. Really. And plus, I don't have anything to be ashamed of. Says my suddenly older, wiser brother. My suddenly wise younger yeah. brother. Yeah. Emily says, like, you know, if it makes you feel any better, I put him on uh, garbage duty. And Arya's like, it does. Thank you. <laughs> uh, and then Spencer rushes up. Uh, and, and Emily, like, immediately, like, forms, like, a unified front with Arya because she's still pissed at Spencer. Yeah. And Spencer's like, any chance you're still talking to me? They and consider Ar- it. Arya yeah. looks over at Emily and she's like, yeah, even though Emily seems a little less forgiving. Uh, and she says, how's it, Grunwald? And Spencer says, she says she didn't know Allie, but I think Shauna got to her first. And Emily's like, you think or you know? And Spencer says, well, I saw her there. Shauna and Creepy Bill. And then, before they can kind of elaborate on this, Lieutenant Tanner walks in. Mm-hmm. And they're like, oh, what's she doing here? And then Tanner, like, spots liars and makes a beeline right for him, walks right over. Spencer's like, maybe she's in the slam poetry. Maybe so the girls is. form up in their usual wall positions. I love that, like, the liars just instinctually know to, like, basically form Voltron <laughs> whenever they need to. Um uh, so, you know, Tanner, like, is, is interesting. Like, it's unexpected. She says, hey to Emily. Yeah, she and goes Emily's straight like, up to Emily, like, kind of ignores the other lies. She's like, Lieutenant Tanner, hi. Did my mom tell you about the event tonight? And Tanner's like, no. I saw a flyer for it at the station, but I'm not here for the music. She yeah. asks Emily if she can get someone to cover her for a moment. And Emily's like, you know, sure, because fuck this job. Well, Emily's like, me? Uh-huh. 
And Emily's like, uh, yeah, I guess I can. There's only two people working here yeah. tonight, but sure. Um, okay. So Tanner needs Emily at the station it, alone. It won't take long. Yeah. So, so we Emily, cut to the... Emily, like, just kind of puts a tray down and leaves, like, looking confused, like, looking back at Art Spencer and Aria, like, I don't know what's going on, but she walks out. Meanwhile, in the Darren Wilden Memorial Interrogation Room, mm-hmm. um, where they have commemorative phone books for beating suspects, I'm sure, uh, Tanner shows Emily a video. Yeah, she's got a little TV in there that Emily's watching. On the TV is Redcoat. Redcoat now has, like, dark hair, like Emily's hair, and is wearing an Emily mask. Redcoat standing in front of the City of Rosewood population sign, mm-hmm. and it uh, looks like it's night. It's the same sign, if I remember correctly, that the end of the Homecoming episode. No, this is one. actually a different, or it's, the sign's been repainted, I think, because uh, well, it's a different color. Okay, but somebody, cause somebody had altered it in that episode, implying in the A tag of that episode that possibly Emily had died, or yeah. somebody had died. But Redcoat's holding up a white piece of paper that says GUILTY in red all caps letters on it. Mm-hmm. Uh, as, as, like, Mask of Emily Doppelganger. It's super creepy. Well, so the dark hair would be closer to actual Vivian Darkblum, too, wouldn't it? Yeah, I mean, you could say it's it's a Vivian wig. You could say it's an Emily wig. I don't right, know. Right. You know? Um, but so this is what Tanner is showing to Emily here. Mm. And and it like kind of just keeps looping, where, like, Redcoat just keeps holding up the guilty sign over and over. And Tanner is like, uh, is that supposed to be you? And he doesn't know, and Tanner says, Someone saw you here this morning putting up a fire. An hour later, I find this on my desk. And she puts down a DVD like the one Emily left. This one has a different note on it. Or the, the note's the same, but it's different handwriting. It still says, Want to know what happened to Wilden? Watch this. But it's definitely different, like, kind of cursive handwriting. Emily's perplexed. She says that she didn't write it. And Tanner points out that there's a Mother's Day card on Pam's desk with Emily's exact handwriting on it, and it matches. Because A is good at matching handwriting, yo. Yeah. Hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, Emily asks if Pam has seen this video yet. Anna says, not yet. And she's like, let's say you didn't put this on my desk. Who did? Emily thinks that's probably someone's idea of a prank. And Tanner's like, some prank. Framing somebody for murder. There, Tanner's phone rings. She gets it. She says, Holbrook? Okay, I'm coming. And then turns to Emily and says, we're going to have to continue this later. And she picks up the DVD and walks out. So we go back to open mic night. Arya is worried. First Hannah, now Emily? And Spencer's like, don't say it like that. And Arya says, like what? And Spencer says, like, one of us is next. One of you real people. And Arya's just like, LOL, I didn't mean me. I'm never next. Yeah. <laughs> oh, my God. If she had said that, I would have loved it. Um, yeah. Arya asks about Shauna. And Spencer says that there's not much to tell, that she was in Ravenswood. She jumped into Jenna's car. Um, meanwhile, as she's telling Arya all this, Shauna's literally getting up on the stage behind Spencer. And Shauna starts playing her creepy fiddle music. Spencer's like, we tried to follow her, but then we lost her. And Arya like, looks past Spencer. She's like, no, you didn't. And they turn around. Mm. Oh, and then Shauna starts like shredding it on her little violin fiddle there uh, for open mic night, of course. Most of the gathered attendees seem to be really into it. But like Arya and Spencer just like keep looking at each other like, can you believe this? Well, yeah, they're just like, what the fuck? What's going on with her like fiddling wizardry up there? Yeah. Uh, and this is where the show just kind of gets cool, like turns into kind of like a quasi like musical montage here as we, we cut outside to see this, Ez- like, yeah, this great like diegetic music. Yeah. Ezra walks past the window. This window is like seemingly right behind Shauna and yeah. he's kind of watching. Uh, and then he walks over to the next window and then from inside there's this cool shot where it's like he's totally silhouetted and like he slowly leans in and his face becomes illuminated. 
as he's watching. It's it's like a creeper shot. It's a Ezra very, out of the shadows. Yeah, it's a very interesting. Like this is this a protagonist or is this a villain type of shot? The way he looks in. Well, yeah. he just he looks so baby faced and innocent that it's mm-hmm. creepy. Um, he has a perfect vantage point to see Arya and Spencer as they mm-hmm. watch Shauna. Um, Shauna's music carries over Emily as she keeps watching the video in the interrogation room. Yeah, Emily's the, like staring at all her like red coat doppelganger here. Yeah, her stolen identity, her stolen face. The Emily mask is creepy good. Oh yeah. Um, at the brew, Arya and Spencer keep watching. Um, Shauna. Well, Emily keeps Ezra keeps watching them, and then he looks down as if he's contemplating something. Well, before we get to that. It's like Shauna's like shredding away on this uh, violin, um, which I do have to say it's it's almost like cheating. Like violin uh, is like perfect music for this. Yeah, um, probably probably my favorite instrument. Uh, Arya does oh, this really? thing. Mm-hmm. Arya does this thing where she she looks over one shoulder and then she like turns around, and looks over her other shoulder behind her. Mm-hmm. What are you what are you looking for, Arya? Uh, and then yeah, outside. Ezra kind of looks away from watching Arya and like like he's contemplating something and then like close ups of Shauna like shredding on the, the violin and then cut to somebody with a in a hoodie with a baseball bat like smashing a car up. Like and headlights. It's all, and it's all these like intercut between like Arya and, and Spencer watching, Shauna playing, like somebody in a hoodie smashing up this car. With a baseball bat, windshield, headlights, side windows. Connor comes out back at the trash. He sees this. He screams out the stop. I like how he gets all the way to the dumpster before, like, hey, two feet away from me. What are you, what's uh, you you doing, like, smashing up my car, you know? First of all, did he become Italian there? Tony Danza, you know. Okay, okay. Meanwhile, A, or whoever this is, is like, this is what happens when you fuck a stranger in the ass. (laughs) This is what happens, Connor. Or, in the edited Comedy Central version, this is what happens when you meet a stranger in the Alps. Why don't you take a good look out that window, Connor? <laughs> uh, and Connor, it's like, hey, what are you doing? You know, and like, we see the, whoever this is, A or somebody else, run away. Uh, the hoodie has a Sharks logo on the back. It's like, Rosewood it's, Sharks, yeah. Yeah, Rosewood Sharks hoodie. It's not, not a usual black hoodie. And Connor kind of sees this little smashed up car and he's pissed and he kicks the trash he was carrying. Oh, it's a, he sees, also says liar painted on the side. Yeah, spray paint on the side of his car. It says liar. Um, and within Shauna's high pitched fiddling at this point, we hear the faint notes of a police siren, mm-hmm. which but is bef- a great lead in. To- before we lead into that, I mean, this was Ezra, right? That's a good question. It's, isn't he a prime suspect? He was right there. I think he's definitely our prime suspect. Um, I don't want to spoil the next episode. Okay. Um, so we cut to Hannah's house. A uh, great shot where we're like, we kind of pan from an empty part of the kitchen over to the occupied part of the kitchen, but we well, see through we've the been, windows. We've been hearing sirens, and then we see through the windows the the flashes from the well, It's great. It's, they do this sometimes on the show where it's like, on well, one scene you hear the cops en route, mm-hmm. or en route and now they're there. Um, so the cops are all going to Hannah's house. This is presumably where Holbrook was going to meet Tanner. Um... In the kitchen, Tanner's now handcuffing Ashley, reading her the Miranda rights. Hannah's screaming out that she didn't do it. Tom's, like, watching. They start marching Ashley away towards the front door. Tanner turns back to Hannah and tells her that the gun that was the, the gun was used to kill Detective Wilden, and Ashley's fingerprints are on the bullets. So they're, they're leading Ashley away. Ashley looks back, and she's looking at Tom and says, I need you to look after Hannah. Whatever she needs, whatever happens to me, please. Hannah's and Hannah's crying and she just keeps screaming, you know, that like Ashley didn't do it. And Ashley says, I love you. And then they take her away. And Hannah just has to watch from the door with her dad. She's in tears. 
blue blue and red sirens reflecting on their faces. No mm-hmm. Officer Barry in this scene, sadly. Sadly, no Holbrook either. Yeah. yeah, nice push on Hannah's face as she watches her mother being pulled away from her. Then we get our A tag. Uh, a, which we believe is actual A, because this person in the black hoodie not wearing a Rosewood Sharks. Hoodie. Yeah, this is real OGA. Or not OGA, but A, at least. Yeah, not OGA. Um, um, uh, walks up to a parked car. Has one of those things, you know, instead of the hanger. Slim Jim. Slim Jim. Uh, picks a lock to get in there. Once inside, pulls apart the underside of the console and basically hot wires the car. Yeah, like uses some wire snips to cut the wires and hot wires them together. Starts the car, and then we see in the rear view the reflection of A. A is wearing an Emily mask now, again. Well, it's, it's great. You get the, the really quick glimpse in the mirror, and then we get a super close-up on the Emily mask on A's <laughs> face, and that lifeless plastic face is so creepy. It's definitely creepy. Um, Fantastically, the next episode is called Crash and Burn, Girl. Hmm. wonder where it's going to crash. So that was Under the Gun. We, we got a taste of Ravenswood. Mm-hmm. Arya got humiliated by fucking Connor. Um, fucking I feel like we we we've shifted into a new uh, place with the the Wilden murder. It was, for a long time, it was like Ashley's so sketchy. Maybe she did it, but now it's like no, Ashley was only being sketchy because like she was basically in a really uncomfortable situation and like didn't have a good alibi. Well, <coughs> excuse me. It's like Ashley is only you can only suspect her. Until, like, the authorities suspect her. Mm-hmm. And then she has to be innocent. Yeah, and then, then it was all all just... I mean, not just all A. Like, Ashley would have looked suspicious regardless, but A but is helping things along by basically, planting you weapons. Could, you could say that this is very similar to Caleb's dad's situation. Somewhat, yeah. Yeah, the person has some rough edges. They're used to basically... But, I mean, she, Ashley seems really suspicious just because, like, she was there. Like, Ashley was acting suspicious because she knew how suspicious she looked. Like, she was there, she met with Wilden that night, Wilden was shot by what might have been the gun she left there. She has no alibi, she has no explanation for the, the weapon or anything, and then suddenly it shows up with Han- in, in Hannah's possession. You know? So basically, Ashley was, was giving Hannah a taste of her own medicine. Mm-hmm. Yeah, really. Um, so yeah, that's the episode, it was great. Yes, Crash and Burn Girl is next. Uh, who directs that one? That's a, that's a Ron Lagomarsino episode. Very interested yeah. in what he's doing there. Uh, Ron Lagmarsina, written by Brian Holdman. So that's that's next week's. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, that's it. We will be back for more soon. Um, just some, some kind of tidying up at the end here. We got a fair amount of feedback between this last episode and this one. Um, I was talking a little last week about kind of my preference for high school to college dramas. Mm-hmm. Uh, I haven't listened to that part of the episode yet, so I don't know how clear I came off. But if you want a a really like well written and considered version of what I was trying to say, if you go to the comments for our, our uh, S4E5 episode, Amanda leaves a, a nice comment explaining basically exactly what I was hoping to get across about why high school dramas are better. So yeah, you should go read that. And I, I just wanted to again personally call out. We knew we do it a lot. I do it a lot, especially. I hope. Um, when I actually get her name right, not call her Ashley. Mm-hmm. I just want to thank Amanda again for being in front of the show, for providing us that much-needed geographical info about the wild terrain of the mm-hmm. Keystone Quaker State. But also, uh, similarly, Natalie, for your tweets. Um, we were doing this show for for about three seasons, and I want to say around the same time, Amanda and Natalie were our first indications that people were actually listening. So it's not that I appreciate them necessarily more than other people. I appreciate them very differently. Um, plus, you know, 
we love their feedback. It um, was neat to discover that people actually listen to the show. Yeah, and, and just yeah, thanks. But yeah. you were like some of the first. Yeah. Uh, also, I, we suddenly realized like this is weird. iTunes, if you are not from the U.S. and you leave a review for us in iTunes, um, well, if, even if you are from the U.S., we don't know that a review has been left. We just have to go there and look and see if we have a review. And it only shows us U.S. reviews unless we change countries. So it was only like the other day that we suddenly discovered we had four reviews from Canada and two from Australia mm-hmm. uh, that we just never seen. So uh, Marshall, KT, GK, and Strix from Canada. Thank you. And Joe's Bros Addict 199. And P. Diddy Has Woken from Australia. Uh, they all gave us reviews. So that was cool. Yeah. Um, if, as far, I mean, we could, there's a lot of countries out there. I didn't check them all. For all I know, we have reviews from other countries as well we try uh, to check uh, primarily english language speaking countries i feel like i should check the dutch maybe i will you can't trust the mm-hmm. dutch uh had a lot of follow-up to uh my thoughts on Arya being a gryffindor uh i think the consensus is people don't agree don't agree with you some people do i i've had some people agree and, and other people's disagree uh, so I'd say it's, it's open here. I, I guess my thing is I always felt that the Gryffindors were a little full of themselves. Hmm. They're just like, we're the bravest ones. That sounds like Arya. That's, that's a good point. That, doesn't that sound like Arya? That's a good point. Mm-hmm. Um, some people, uh, it's funny because some people are like, no, Arya's a Hufflepuff and other be like, no, she's a Slytherin. Uh, so controversial subject. Is Arya a Gryffindor? Is she somebody else? But yeah, we, we got even more and I, Again, I want to tribute to Norman Buckley. Thank you again, Norman, for talking about us and just uh, listening to us. We really appreciate that, especially somebody who's involved with the show. I think through Norbuck, a lot of people have found us and have been giving us a lot of feedback on Twitter, listening to the episodes. We really appreciate that. Um, some pretty funny like tangents that we've all gone off on Twitter. Um, the first being uh, Ari and Ezra in the bathroom in the <laughs> pilot. <laughs> yeah, I'd forgotten about that. Um, Whoever photoshopped this this picture of uh, them in a, a, real, a real bar bathroom looks like <laughs> it's amazing. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I, I tried to write down some of the people who've been uh, talking about the show on Twitter. I probably didn't get even half of them, but uh, and it's funny because this list sounds like PLL basically, like Elizabeth, Hannah, Rachel, Black Veil, PLL, Hunt for A, A E, Ian, and Pre Little Pod. Uh, they all had nice things to say about us. I'm sure there's more I missed. Pretty Little Pod uh, is another Pretty Little Liars podcast. Yes, which has the uh, Fleetwood Mac Little Lies song at the intro, which I kind of feel like they have to do a prom episode where they play that song now. The appeal of the show. I, I need to see the liars dancing to that song. And it can be a cover. Like, um, I can't remember the name of the group. The group that did both uh, We Gotta Get Out of This Place. And, oh, them, uh, yeah. Yeah, they, they would be great for like a Little Lies mm-hmm cover i think but yeah thanks thanks to all the support we're now number three in itunes among the pretty little liars podcast so take that everyone who's not number three or, or above just thanks to everyone for mm-hmm. for listening um thanks for tweeting at us we love it we love hearing from you uh we want to continue to hear from you tweet at us you know bros watch pll2 uh, yeah probably the i mean we have our own twitter handles but I, it seems like it's kind of coalesces that the way people are tweeting at us is at bros watch pll2 uh, usually that's Marco. Sometimes it's me. Mm-hmm. Uh, but that, that seems to be the thing to use. Um, also, if you go to broswatchpll2.com, sorry, broswatchpll2.com, if you go there, I, I went and registered that. That'll get you right to our podcast. Um, make it easier. Yeah. 
it will go to the Tumblr that Marco runs if he fixes the title for his Tumblr. We'll see. Mm-hmm. I just I just can't get behind Bros Watch Pretty Little Liars too. It just it it, it tweaks my OCD. I feel that. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, there's a that Tumblr you can go to uh, BrosWatchVL2.tumblr.com. Uh, and iTunes ratings and, you know, all that. There's plenty of ways to get in touch with us, so we're sure that you'll figure it out. Thanks for all the support there. It's pretty cool. Yeah, really love it. And we'll be back next time to talk about Crash and Burn, girl. Yep. Bye-bye.